<laughs> Sorry, that one was kind of silly. <laughs> <laughs> this time, whether I make a mistake or not, I'm just going to go with it. Okay. One day while visiting Mario, Princess Toadstool was picking flowers in the garden. Suddenly, out of nowhere, Bowser appeared and grabbed the princess again, like you'd expect anyone else to. Mario, hearing Toadstool's screams for help, bravely sped off towards Bowser's keep. After an epic battle on the chandeliers, Mario trounced Bowser for the millionth time, saving the princess once again. Then, before they could celebrate, everyone felt Bowser's keep begin to shake. From the sky, a huge sword crashed into the keep. What's gonna happen now? Mario gets yeeted back to his hut where Toad is waiting. He explains the story in great detail. The sword took over the keep, and he, Princess Toadstool, and Bowser were sent flying in different directions. It's time for Mario to jump into action all over again. Welcome to the 10th episode of Retrotopia and the 5th attempt to start this podcast. A video game podcast that started when an American and a Canadian decided to discuss old games and share them with the world. The goal of this podcast is to relive our youth while at the same time introducing each other to the world they missed. That makes no sense, but I don't care anymore. <laughs> we realized early on that Sam was a Sega kid and Brian was a Nintendo kid. After many talks and reminiscing, we devised some games we would like to play and chat about. Also, as this is the 10th episode, it does count as one of our first milestones, so we picked a game that isn't only popular in the history of RPGs, but is current as it has been re-released on the Switch, Super Mario RPG. Adding to that, Sam has also never played this game before now, but before we get into the game, Sam and I will reflect on how things are going, some of the challenges we face in our first 10 weeks, and what we hope to accomplish in 2024. So with that, I ask you, Sam, how's the last 10 weeks been going? really great um you know uh sometimes it takes us a few tries to uh to get the intro down but oh so many tries this time <laughs> but it's been really great uh i've been having a blast um kind of like it, it's nice to be able to you know take something that's just kind of a casual hobby and <clears throat> put it towards some sort of creative outlet you know yeah it's so it's it's been a a fun way to play some games i've missed in my life and probably otherwise wouldn't have played unless you know you kind of sold them to me like you did right yeah like uh like rock and roll racing <laughs> yeah or fantasy star fantasy star <laughs> yeah, which is where i'm currently playing i'm almost done as uh, the time of this recording but that episode will come out before this one so we'll pretend that i've finished it already yeah um yeah, i'm also playing fantasy star and it's uh um Maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I liked it more the first time. We'll have to see. We'll have to see as I go on. Yeah, there's been a lot of games like that in my life. Always better the first time. You have fond memories and then you play them again. <laughs> Mega Man Legends. And you just don't like them as much. Yeah, the better left in the past. Yeah, so uh, starting this podcast was your idea, Sam. Uh, we don't want to tell that story? Well, yeah, you, um, you kind of... Uh, Re restarted one of your old discords and I sent you a message like, Hey man, what do you, what do you got going on? Are you starting a, a podcast? That'd be awesome. I'd listen, you know, like just kind of 
giving you a little support there and dipping um, your toe into the water. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, and yeah, just kind of, just kind of went from there, you know, just kicking ideas around and, um, throwing names back and forth and, you know, not yeah, calling each you, other names. Like <laughs> you said, you're really interesting, uh, interested in doing that podcast as well. So it kind of uh, was, got yeah. my gears sparked. Uh, yeah, I, I was plans. actually, Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah. Sorry. I was, I was interested in, um, and I might still one of these days, uh, just depending on how much time I have with everything, but, um, starting a, a star Wars legends podcast, you're just like doing kind of like book reviews and comic and video game reviews on like all the old canon that that's been retired by Disney. Uh, I think that stuff is really interesting and there's a ton of it and it's still, it's still out there. It's still popular. And, but anyways, like that was going to be kind of a solo project. I was kind of floundering on it myself and, and, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, let's just team up and, and do this. This sounds like a lot of fun. And, yeah. And this has given us the experience. Cause I also have a, like a project I wanted to start, but I don't know, about two years ago about the history of video gaming in in total. So it's uh, my biggest problem was I can never be comfortable with actual podcasting, but the last 10 weeks has really helped me out. And I think we've kind of developed ourselves quite well over the last 10 weeks. Like our rapport has gotten better considering we've never actually met in real life. So yeah, sometimes it's just better with a friend. Oh yeah. And I mean, we talked video games anyways, when we were playing um, uh, snow runner there all the time. So <laughs> yeah. why not put it on a recording and give it to the world? I mean, Snow yeah, Runner is a terrible game, but it's great with friends. Yeah, I feel like Snow Runner was mostly like you know you or you or Pickle or uh, or Because putting me on on your back and pulling me out of the mud. <laughs> and, like I always You've felt never... like I was just piggybacking. Like like I was I was like a Yoda or whatever, and, and you were yeah, yeah <laughs> Skywalker the swamp <laughs> through the mud. You take me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it uh, if you've never played Snow Runner, it's a game where you have large heavy vehicles and they have to go through the mud and they get stuck 99% of the time until you get the Mastodon, which is oh, a yeah. DLC truck you can get and then you just drive through everything. Yeah. And but, uh, uh and the tutorial level is bullshit cuz you can't like I don't know how your your freaking house is on a cliff face and you somehow got up there with a truck but every time yeah. you attempted to drive away from your house you just kind of fall off a cliff yeah i mean i spent most of my time on my roof anyways <laughs> yeah i just flipped all the time but uh yeah. enough about that great game uh where do you see us going from here sam like where do you see us what do you see us doing in 2024 anything big well hopefully onward and upward and and uh covering some more great games what i what i like is um the idea that we can cover game you know there's a lot of i mean we don't we don't need to kid ourselves there's a lot of retro game podcasts out there but um and a lot of great ones um but we don't necessarily have to cover all the same stuff i think there's plenty of room in the in the pool for everyone because there's you know like you know they may not get the most downloads but you got you know, we, we talked about Ren and Stimpy the other week, and I don't think anyone else is really talking about that game. Yeah. You and know, that's kind of uh, one of the things you wanted to do is cover some of the lesser talked about games where yeah. I said we need to spatter in some more popular ones to draw yeah. attention. So definitely it seemed yeah. to be working for us. So, yeah. Um, and then just uh, as far as, you know, like, you know, onward and in, in, into 2024, I think, you know, as long as, 
as long as we're, you know, consistent getting, getting episodes out and, and, you know, people listen, if we grow the listener base, that would be great. You know, yeah, otherwise I'm definitely just, hoping for that. If we're just, uh, you know, kind of, kind of plateaued and, and we're just doing this for fun, then, Hey, that's cool too. Yeah. And that's, that's what it's about, right? It's uh, it's not our livelihood. So we don't really have to sit there and struggle over this. We can just have fun with it. Mm-hmm. But um, for you, podcasting started with uh, Retro Wars, right? You you did your first podcast with uh, Danny Carroll from uh, Retro Wars. Yeah, I did over the summer. Um, that was my first uh, foray into it. It was pretty interesting. So I kind of... Uh, I kind of sat back and let the pros uh, do most of the talking and I just kind of, uh, you know, added my thoughts when, when I thought they were relevant. So, <laughs> yeah. And you can find that if you uh, search retro wars and you look the fu- up the final fantasy seven advent children episode, uh, yep. Sam is featured on that with uh, Chris Copeland and Danny Carroll. Yeah, that was a, yeah, it was a fun time. It was, um, I was definitely like kind of nervous going into it, but, but those guys are super nice and just kind of were like, Oh yeah, don't worry about it. Keep it loose. And yeah, they hold your hand through the whole process. And Chris, uh, Chris Copeland and uh, Shane Kosky from the retro hangover invited me on to talk soul blazer. And that was my first podcast. And my God, those guys are like the smartest people in retro gaming. I know like they knew stuff I didn't even think about and they have a rapport that's really good. And something I've, I've been, trying to use to mimic plus their podcast is outstanding and we've stolen a part of it for our podcast and that would be the section that comes after the chit chat which is the tombstone data of a game and i'm going to straight up admit we stole that from them it's <laughs> you know imitation or yes. what is it uh imitation is the sincerest form of flattery yeah except i don't yeah. want to use flattery it's um grand larceny we'll call it call it grand larceny <laughs> yeah but uh, no, Retro Hangover is another good one. Uh, again, you can, if you want to hear me on my first podcast, you can go check them out. And it's the Soul Blazer episode. Well, but Brian, you did of- like the the Magical Mystery Tour. I think there was like three or four weeks in a row where, you know, there's there's a handful of pods that I listened to that like I, I couldn't turn without hearing your your sweet voice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Retro <laughs> Wars. I, I have a good uh, good rapport with Danny there. And uh, I've done a couple of episodes with him. Plus... Yeah. During uh, remember the game, I won one of the charity uh, things for his twenty-four hour extra live stream, and yeah, I got yeah. to guest host one of the episodes. So I did. I was originally going to do Brave Fencer Musashi, a cute little RPG, mm-hmm. and he ended up not being able to get it to work. So I switched over to Dark Cloud, and that game almost broke him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, no, but that that was a fun time. But it also helped inspire me to you know, do this, how, or how I present myself on this podcast. Yeah, gets your, gets your chops going. All right. So you have any last words for the audience before we get into the next section? No, let's get into this. All right. Well, I just want to say thanks everybody for listening and we're going to have Sam unless, uh, of course his cough comes back too harshly, but you should be hearing Sam stealing the retro hangover tombstone data. Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars, released in 1996, emerged as a groundbreaking collaboration between gaming giants Nintendo and Square. Departing from the conventional platforming style of the Mario series, the game introduced a turn-based RPG format, 
This departure was a notable shift in gameplay dynamics, showcasing a willingness to experiment with the beloved Mario franchise. The narrative of Super Mario RPG follows Mario's journey teaming up with Bowser and Princess Toadstool, as well as new characters Gino and Mallow to thwart the plans of malevolent antagonist Smithy. This engaging story and innovative gameplay contributed to the game's critical acclaim and established it as one of the standout RPGs on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Visually, Super Mario RPG pushed the boundaries of the SNES with its impressive graphics, pre-rendered 3D sprites for characters and environments provided a three-dimensional depth that was a departure from the visual style of other Mario games, but was widely appreciated for its charm and creativity. Yoko Shimomura's masterful soundtrack added another layer to the game's appeal. The memorable tunes complemented the gameplay and contributed significantly to the overall experience, leaving a lasting impression on players. While there hasn't been a direct sequel to Super Mario RPG, its influence is evident in subsequent Mario RPG titles. The game's success paved the way for series like Paper Mario and Mario & Luigi, which continued to explore the RPG genre with Mario's iconic characters, each bringing its unique spin to the formula. Super Mario RPG remains a classic and is fondly remembered by fans for its unique blend of genres, engaging storytelling, and the successful fusion of Nintendo and Square's creative energies. Released in 2023 on the Nintendo Switch with updated graphics and orchestrated soundtrack, younger fans of Mario have a chance to play a modern version of this game. All right, thanks, Sam. I hope it was you because we're recording this after we uh, actually record the discussion, so we don't know yet. But it's time to get into the game. So tell me, Sam, what you've never played this game before. So what's your overall kind of generic thoughts about Super Mario RPG? Okay, I've been you know, I've I've vented my frustrations to you a little bit and some aspects of the game that I did not enjoy. But um, and I know that this is a very beloved game uh, for a lot of a lot of people in the that grew up Nintendo kids and super Nintendo kids that had managed to get their hands on this. Um, I like it. It's a good game. It's gorgeous. Uh, it looks great. I mean, the, the rendering and the, you know, the, just like a, a perfect combination of, <clears throat> excuse me, perfect combination of square soft and Nintendo, uh, juices mixing together. Um, but, I think in general, uh, I don't, and I, I kind of have been trying to form formulate this thought for a while as I've been thinking about it. I don't love, uh, like quirky RPGs and like, let me explain what I mean by that. No, it's too late. Uh, you're canceled. I'm canceled. Yeah. (laughs) Um, no, they're just not my favorite. They're not my cup of tea. So like you think about like earthbound, I thought earthbound was okay. And I thought Super Mario RPG was okay. There were like aspects of it that um, I didn't I didn't super enjoy, and that's um, I think because I really enjoy um, traditional JRPGs that have like really set rules. Um, you know, Do you have an example are, game you can give. Oh gosh, like Final Fantasy you know one two three like the whole the whole run of final fantasy like you talk about like systems of like elementals and you know that like this this is going to be weak against us or like pokemon for example 
and that's a, that's kind of an easy example because that's Pokemon is kind of an easy game. But like Fantasy Star, we're playing right now. Um, really straightforward. Um, just everything is is based like you don't you don't know you know you're not going to get a, a real curveball necessarily. Um, and sometimes like the the curveballs that you get in a in a weird RPG like an Earthbound or like Undertale, I I didn't like Undertale. Uh, that might might that might be a lukewarm take but like um having things that like well how would i have known that or how would i have guessed that you just have to like do these weird little kind of like illogical moves sometimes that i that i don't like but otherwise i feel like i'm being overly negative but otherwise i think the game was was great yeah and that's that's good see i like um my history with this game is pretty much the day it came out uh my introduction to role-playing games was Final Fantasy 2 on the Super Nintendo, or what we know as Final Fantasy 4 now. Uh, my brother brought it home, and I watched him play, and I was I was fairly young at the time, so it was not really in my wheelhouse. I, I wanted more action and less reading, and then I decided to start playing it, and then I kind of fell in love with the idea of it. So every time a new RPG came out, either my brother would bring it home, or we'd get it for Christmas or something like that, and Super Mario RPG was one of them. and just everything about the game just resonated with me. The graphics, the characters, the music, the battle system, all that stuff. I just absolutely loved it, and I've loved it ever since. And I will not have as hot of a take on it as you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just a game I can play multiple times and never get bored with. Yeah, I mean, I have the remake. I'm definitely going to gonna throw the remake i have not been able to play it yet but i i will definitely throw it on it at some point oh that's right you played uh played the original i did yeah yeah so Uh, when i talked to danny about this he was playing the remake there so i was i had that in my mind yeah it sounds like there's some there's some good quality of life improvements Um, there is the i found the remake to be a lot easier than the uh original because of the quality of life uh, improvements which is kind of funny because it's like not that it's like baby's first RPG or anything, but it's really not. Meant Chris Copeland. What? He called it baby's first RPG. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> stealing from. <laughs> oh, no. He called it on uh, the comments of. Uh, uh, Retro Wars. Oh, oh, OK. Yeah, I've not, I've not caught up with that episode yet, but yeah, I don't. Um... They don't call him Chris Hot Take Copeland for nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hot Take Machine. Um, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it's not the hardest game, but it's definitely got some teeth at some points that we can talk about that I, I found relatively yeah. frustrating. Uh, what did you think of the graphics, though? How about like for a Super Nintendo game, the three-quarter view top-down 3D models and everything? What was your yeah, take on that? looked amazing. Yeah, for it, a Super Nintendo game, I mean, yeah. outstanding. Just everything was colorful, and considering it was very pixelated, it still looked very beautiful. Yeah, and I mean, like we were pretty much months away at this point from, you know, the Nintendo 64 coming out, I believe, um, or they were concurrent. I can't remember exactly, but um, it just, it looks great. I mean, there's the, um, you know, being able to kind of have that range of motion was really cool. And not something that you really saw a whole lot on the super Nintendo. I think the only other, um, like another really good example of that kind of movement is like Sonic 3D Blast. And I, I don't 
particularly care for that game. I, I don't I don't do well on the isometric um, style. Uh, so I think we we can get into that. That was one of my frustrations with some of the start stuff where it made you like kind of platform through. Um, yeah, but... and I had that problem too with the game because yeah, you follow the shadow on the ground there, but you're always like off a little bit. And I'm not great with it either, so yeah. I had some problems that way too. And I'm not used to like I was really trying because you had mentioned that to me like try following your shadow, and I was like, oh yeah, that kind of works. And then you kind of are not used to having to do that, and so if you aren't thinking about it or you're you kind of like lapse in that attention to the shadow it just like <laughs> then i fall again yeah right, and there's some fall. spots where it's like you are on these swinging uh blocks and you have to you know jump on them and if you hit the block it breaks the timing of it and you can't get the chess at the end unless you fix it and it just becomes kind of tedious after a while yeah there was one particular um and i think it was like a it was relatively early in the game i think and it was like a uh, like a um, not a secret, but it was kind of an off off the path uh, block. But there were these. I don't know if you remember those swings, and you had to yeah. jump from swing or move from swing to swing. Yeah. And when you were on them or trying to, um, you could kind of block them and slow them down and get them, um, like synced back up again. Yeah, and having such a hard time, and it was like. Finally, I was like, I'm going to do this. And I got so like, I wasted so much time on that. because I was like, I will not be defeated by this fucking swing. <laughs> this is so yeah, stupid. <laughs> like, you know, you can do it. You just have to like time it right. And you can, one little mistake just fucks you up. I, I yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And then you'd, I'd fall off of it. But then um, I'd have to kind of like resync them by like jumping in front of one to kind of like get them back. Uh, like timed right. And then try yeah. to go over it again. <laughs> And yeah, eventually you get it and you feel that kind of sense of satisfaction of having gotten it there. Yeah, you get it. And it's like the item is fine. It's okay. But it was like, yeah, I did it. And then I was like, well, fuck, that was kind of stupid and a waste of time. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I guess that segues us right into the controls there since we're talking about the jumping. Mm -hmm. So in the overworld, you can jump and I don't know if you really run around. I just have a natural habit of holding down the uh, Y button on the Super Nintendo controller, and I don't know if it makes you run or not. I can't remember. I think it does. Yeah, yeah. even in the original, it did. So you um kind of get that uh, classic Mario platforming in a th- uh, you know three quarter view top down three D environment there. So you can run and jump, and the only difference being instead of landing on a Goomba, you end up in a battle screen there, and you have the uh, the controls for the fight and. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tout this. I really like the controls where you have the three buttons. You have the Y, X, and the A button. And you have to tap like the Y button to get your specials. And you just keep tapping the Y button. So it's not yeah. like a menu-based thing. The new game actually uses a menu-based. and I, I just did not enjoy that as much. Oh, you didn't? I might prefer that. It took me a while to get used to this like scheme where I was like, I would hit A for, or I would hit Y for special or whatever. I was like, yeah, I want to use that. And I would hit A and it would back me out. It took me a while. I was like, what the fuck is going on with this menu <laughs> system? I was like, oh, okay, I get it. It's like, if you want to progress through this menu, like X is the button you press if you want to use items. So you just yeah, keep going Yeah, you keep pressing that. X until the item's selected and you select the yeah. character and you hit X again. But there were definitely points where I would like try to back out and then I'd end up defending or something like that because <laughs> like he was defend or run and i would be like trying to back out of a menu and hit it like one too many times like oh god damn it <laughs> yeah see I, I never ran into that problem because i i guess i just 
got it right away. And even in the remake, you can actually set the um, options to go back to that mechanic. And I did that and it made it feel a lot better. Oh yeah, there you go. Well, I might try it both ways then if um, when I start playing the remake. But I wonder if, yeah, I wonder if I'll get that old like itch to like go back to that system because it actually, once you get used to it, it's kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I liked about the battles is the timing mechanic. Like uh, mm-hmm. you hit attack and then you know, he kicks the shell into the air. And as it comes down, you time the button, you hit A again, and it gives you an extra boost of an attack. Yeah. Same with defense. Yeah. I actually, um, I like the attack. I, I, I found it really difficult to try to uh, time the defense one because those, those ones all had different, like depending on what the moves were, you could kind of sometimes block a special if you hit it or if you knew the time to hit it, but it doesn't, it doesn't suggest it for you or anything. Yeah. And what really pissed me off um, about blocking was an enemy that would float in front of you. And then you'd think you have the timing down, but it would pause before it attacked you. And then yeah. you, you would just do nothing. Yeah. Um, or like there would be enemies that have like two very similar attacks, but one had like a slight pause and one didn't. Yeah. I was thinking of yeah, like those, I think those like spear shy guys did, did something like that. Well, it's the same as getting the weapons there and you have to relearn the timing because once yes. you get it down, it becomes second nature and then you get this new weapon and all of a sudden you have to relearn the timing. Right. Yeah. The uh, the biggest difference for me was like going back and forth with Mario between like gloves and hammer and shell. Um, My problem was with Bowser. He was the one that uh, took me the longest to learn the new weapon. Oh, that swing that uh, that big like chain ball that he has. Yeah, that was a weird one. Or throwing the Mario. Uh, wow. I love that one. That was my favorite one. <laughs> he just picks up Mario and chucks him. <laughs> uh, such a great, such a great weapon. Oh, yeah. Do you have anything else on the controls? Uh, no, I, I think once you figure out that timing, though, for the attack, I thought the attack timing to get like the extra boost on your attack was like super forgiving. There are, yeah. there are games where it's like real narrow um you know timing like i'm thinking like even paper mario i could barely hit those sometimes um but in this game um i thought they were very forgiving once you kind of figured out the general time that you should hit the button yeah and the only thing i ever had a problem with was uh, mario's special which is jump there and there's one challenge to get 30 jumps in a row and you think you have the timing down you're doing like because it's rhythmic so the timing doesn't speed up as you go so you, um, as you're jumping, you think you have the timing down, and for some reason you're a fraction of a second off, and Mario ends the jump, and it's just like, bitch. Yeah, I'm never going to get that. Don't worry about that. Yeah, well, you should, because, you know, that's bragging rights right there. Yeah, but I don't have the I don't have the uh, patience to sit there. Oh, I thought you were going to say you don't have the friends to brag to. Uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> it's my problem. Yeah. <laughs> I just go on Twitter, and then, you know, Nobody listens to me. Brag to an empty room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Talking to my dog. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it licked my face. It means it accepts me. Right. All right. So enough about um, bestiality. Let's uh, let's move into the music because oh, that's a great segue. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Anyways, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna press that one. Um, the music in this game is outstanding, and I'm not gonna let you say otherwise. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say otherwise. It, it is great. Um, yeah. 
And before we get right into the music, I'm just going to put a uh, supercut of some of the songs in the game right here. And it's going to be about two minutes if you want to skip, but don't because it is great music. Don't skip it. So that was just some of the songs you can hear in the uh, in the game. And honestly, the whole soundtrack is just phenomenal, in my opinion. Uh, composed by Yoko Shimomura. Shimomura. I can't pronounce Japanese names. I'm sorry. Shimomura. And she has done some stuff. And me and Sam are looking it up before we started recording. But things like Parasite Eve, um, Streets of Rage 4. What was the one that shocked you? So um, you look it up again. Well, you said Street Fighter 2, and I had, I had remembered hearing somewhere that it was um, she was actually responsible for Guile's theme, which is like a big, a big Street oh, yeah, Fighter yeah. 2 track that that folks seem to enjoy. Yeah, and some of the uh, uh, soundtrack she's either done or been a part of is Breath of Fire, Street Fighter 2, uh, Live Alive, uh, Super Mario RPG, uh, Parasite Eve. I'm not going to go through them all, obviously. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. Well, some of the offshoot games with funny numbers and names. And the email one, Reply Chain of Memories. Uh, Xenoblade, she was a part of. And yeah, Final Fantasy 15, I think, is the only other one I'm just going to mention before I just give up on the last game. She Lots was a of part stuff. of, of any note, was Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope in 2022. Yeah, lots of stuff. Like not not lightweight stuff either. This is no. This is a major player in in video game music and a lot of a lot of tracks that and not a not a name that that like a lot of people probably know, which is yeah. Kind of, it's like just I mean just flies under the radar and makes really awesome video game music. Yeah, you've heard her music, you just don't realize it. Yeah, but uh, that again, uh, favorite track at all? Do you have one or just going to pass on that? No, no, there were a couple. Um, I I liked the um, the forest maze theme. 
That one um, was fantastic. And then from inside the earthen pipe. Um, and chasing the Axum Rangers, I think were my three favorite. And two of those three use the um the underground theme from the original Super Mario Brothers, the you know, like no 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 you know, like yeah. and just like variations on that, and it's just so fucking cool. Did you find and we'll get into this later, the spot in Booster's Tower where you go behind the curtain and you turn into your original eight bit Mario? Yes, I found that. Uh, that, was, that was pretty funny. <laughs> it was just for like a second and then and then it goes away. And it was like, whoa, and like I think a character like not like breaks the fourth wall or whatever you call that. But it was like, whoa, what happened to you? You looked weird for a second. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice little nod. Yeah, it was fun. But uh, I'd go personally. My uh, my favorite song is uh, still the road is full of dangers. And that was the first song in the super cut there. Right. You know my super cut so i put it in there right but that one just hits hard it just hits you right away and it just full of life and energy and ah god i love that song um what i liked about that forest maze theme is that i could if you close your eyes you could imagine that being part of a um like a super nintendo era or even like playstation era final fantasy game it's just like right at home in that square soft kind of mix yeah, and it it was just well done, and it, it really suited the environment as well. <laughs> uh, so, without uh, anything left to say on the music, uh, let's move into the characters. Five playable characters in this game. Yep. And start with Mario. And you get him right off the hop. He uses gloves, hammers, and shells as his weapon. You don't ever get to take him out of your party. So you have, you have Mario. It's his game. He's going to be there the whole time. But... Um, he doesn't talk. How do you think he expresses himself? Like uh, out of characters who don't talk in video games, you know, like the links, the chronos and all that kind of uh, stuff. Mm -hmm. What do you think of Mario? How they expressed him to tell stories? Uh, I loved it because he would like just kind of gesture and run around and, and do all kinds of crazy stuff. And it, like the the characters, I don't even know if you'd call it a sprite because it's kind of a 3D rendered little guy. I mean, it looked great. It was cool. And then I, the other thing that like you could do as a um, as the player to communicate as Mario was there were several points in the game where, you know, you'd be talking to NPCs and they'd say like, oh, you think you're Mario? Why don't you prove it? And then you have to jump. Yeah. And like him jumping and it makes that like or whatever, like weird little yeah, the classic makes when he jumps. Then they're like, oh, you are Mario. Like, <laughs> I thought that was fun, too. Yeah, that was, uh, I, I like the way he did it too. I like when they were telling a story, they had that like really fast, uh, ticking sound going in the background. Mm -hmm. Then Mario's turning into different characters and mimicking what was happening. And that's how it kind of explained. You really could follow along. Yeah. That's kind of like, kind of reminds me of in, uh, like in Return of the Jedi and where, uh, where C3PO is trying to like explain what's going on to all the Ewoks. And he's like making the sounds of, you know, like lightsabers and Vader's breathing and the car oh, yeah, yeah. like that. Like it kind of gave me that kind of vibe. <laughs> I would not have gone there, but you are the Star Wars guy. <laughs> but um, speaking of things I don't like, Mallow. <laughs> Another yeah. segue and a stab at Star Wars. But uh, Mallow's the new character created by Square for this game. And. He is the one character in the game that is just absolutely useless when you don't need to use him. Yeah, he's 
I mean, for a while there, he's, excuse me, he's got a weak attack, but he's got that kind of, before you get, well, we'll get into Peach, but before you get Peach or Toadstool, you'll get uh, Mallow and he's kind of your healer for a while. Yeah, and he has the thunder attack there, but the problem is, you know, it goes through your flower points really fast, and if you want to keep some for healing, you can't really use the thunder attack that often. Yeah, that was actually one thing that I don't think we mentioned that I didn't too much care for, but they do kind of carry it over to um, to Paper Mario is like having a shared group of flower points or like your MP for your whole party. Yeah, I kind of would rather each character have their own. I'm kind of torn on that one. I liked how it was done, kind of added to the, you know, planning and strategy of your fighting there. But at the same time, you are right. It yeah. uh, it would have been nice if everybody had their own allotment. Because you can you could easily burn through it real quick and be in some trouble. Oh, yeah. I Like, my strategy was to never use it unless I absolutely had to. Yeah, the physical attacks. And I think that's kind of a, you know, not to get too off topic here, but I think that's kind of, a limitation to the game a little bit is that like yeah i was i was especially towards the later battles where with some of the tougher bosses like peach was pretty much healing and then mario and bowser or mario and gino were attacking and it was like physical attacks like i wasn't using um i wasn't using the other characters specials that much because i didn't want to waste the power points on it and and they weren't all that much stronger than the physical attacks anyways yeah and not like the jump was the only one I really used uh, on any regularity because yeah, uh, it was the jump that, or if I knew like Gino could wipe out an entire party with his strong, uh, I can't remember which uh, attack it's called, but all that like star- it was like a starlight beam or something crazy. Yeah, and it just kind of shoots down and smokes everybody there. Uh, other than that, I wouldn't actually use their specials unless it was, of course, again healing. But I always kept um, a flower tab in my inventory there or a couple of them mm-hmm. anyways yeah. so if you're going through a dungeon and you're like oh crap i'm out of flower uh power there you could use one tab and it would add one and refill your flower tabs it was like a a free oh, yeah that's actually a yeah. really good idea yeah it's a free way to do it and then of course you go through them after a while and also lets you use your attacks uh, more often when you're just trying to level up or burn through stuff mm-hmm. and it, i found it a great way because you get enough flower tabs which again, increase your uh, flower tabs or flower jars. Flower tabs increase your flower power by one, jars by three, and it refills your flower power. So, yeah. Look at at us. We hate Mallow so much that we talked about Mallow for a second and then like started talking about anything else possible. Yeah, and that that was pretty much going to happen anyways. But uh, back on Mallow, uh, he uses the uh, canes and the symbols. I do actually enjoy the animation for the symbol there when you hit the... um, the timed attack. Mm-hmm. So he slaps the symbols together and goes, and he opens it up, and then the uh, vibration is what actually damages the enemy. I thought that was that was a good animation. The only good thing about Mallow. One. I don't know if I ever used that one, but there's like, doesn't he like jump out of his pants a bunch? And he's just a weird little. Well, he jumps out of his pants because he's well, not to get into it now, but he's a cloud, even yeah. though he thinks he's a frog. Right. Um. Next character you're going to find is Gino. And Gino, Gino, again, Square, Squaresoft original character, obviously never been in anything else because Squaresoft didn't really want to give him up again. So 
He uh, hey, he if, became hey, the if popular Cloud, one. If Cloud is in Smash, they can put Gino in Smash. I know the they campaign could. is out there to put Gino in Smash, but they never would. He'd he'd be so he's cool. Too valuable. Yeah. Yeah, he uses finger guns on the flying punch, and his attacks are basically beams or blasts that come out of his finger and then attack either one or all enemies. Yeah, because I think his character, right, is basically he is a like a star spirit that lives on the star road or whatever, because you're gathering the seven stars to repair the star road. But he he kind of comes down and, and inhabits this puppet that. Uh, belongs to I don't know I think it's like a little toadling or whatever but that that was pretty interesting and he's he's just somehow cool like he just exudes cool like I mean come on he uses finger guns like (laughs) (laughs) oh man no he he was one of my staple characters there although he was the one I swapped out for princess when I needed a healer in my uh my group because our next character and the OG himself, Bowser. Yeah. Uh, he was the one who stayed in. He's just pure power. So I didn't like his specials at all, but his power for his attack was just outstanding enough to keep him there all the time. Yeah. His, um, his specials were kind of expensive, uh, flower wise, but like there were a couple times when I used the, uh, I think it was like, I don't know, whatever stomp where he like comes through and you like, I think you have to mash one of the you know, mash Y or whatever, but he just kind of like stomps across the screen and hits everyone. Yeah, the Bowser crush. The Bowser crush. Yeah, that was a fun one. The, the and that was his was uh, cool. hit all enemies kind of attack, but I've, I don't think I've ever used it in my life. Yeah, I used it a couple times, like like one or two battles, just because it was kind of fun. And I was like, ah, this is costing way too many flower power yeah. points or whatever. It costs 16. So, but uh, Bowser uses chomps and gloves or else he has his claws, which he starts out with. And the chomps comes in several variations, including the one with the mouth that goes barks like a dog. And then the other one, which is just a ball with spikes that come out of it. Yeah, they're the chomps were were pretty cool. I liked those. Um, I like those animations, but the, the gloves where he throws Mario, I think, like we mentioned, yeah, that, before, that was the best. That was the best one. Yeah, and if Mario was sick or something, you just throw a doll. Yeah. Yeah. If he had like a status condition or he was fainted or whatever, but like, yeah. I think, um, yeah, that should have been cause I think Bowser's ultimate weapon is like some sort of claw, um, where he's just kind of like slashing with the claws, which is fine. But like, I really wish that the, that his ultimate weapon would have been throwing Mario. Cause that just, it would have been, so been just the best way to end that. Yeah. But it wasn't, it was not at all. Nevertheless, he was still just like literally the best of the best of all these side characters you could have. Yeah, he's a tank. But, uh, the last one you get is Princess Toadstool, renamed Princess Peach. Well, not renamed, but named Princess Peach in the remake. And she has four weapons, uh, the glove, the parasol, the frying pan, and the fan. Yeah. And she was your healer. Yeah, pretty Through much. and through. I rarely, rarely attacked with with Princess unless like I got to her turn and everyone was already already all all the way healed up and I was good on flower points. And no, I can't remember this and you'll be able to answer for me. Are you able to switch your party on the fly in a battle in the original? Nope. So you can in the remake and that's kind of what changed it. 
Yeah, that would actually like I would run probably like Mario Bowser Geno and then like f- swap out for Toadstool because like well that's you... what I was doing in the remake is I would swap Geno out for Toadstool or Bowser if like Geno was dead and I need to revive him. Can you do it like Final Fantasy X style where you can just swap them out at any point and like still use their turn? Well, as long as it's the turn of the person you want to swap out, you can. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they just come in and they take their turn at that time. Oh, okay. Because like some games, it kind of almost like, I don't want to say it penalizes you, but like you swap a, 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 a character out, but that's like your move for that turn in a turn-based Don't system. quote me on that. You might be right on the second one. It might actually be your turn, but I think I just, I go so fast in the game, I might not have uh, registered it. Right. But yeah, she would be the one I'd bring in. And then when everybody was good and healthy, I would just throw her in the background and have the three beaters out there. And I would just beat the crap out of the enemies. Yep. uh, Most of the time I saved all my flower points or my flower power for uh, using her group hug or whatever, just to heal everybody. Group hug was just like OP as fuck. (laughs) Yeah. And her therapy and group hug heals uh, hit points and your status. Yes. Yeah, that was the other that was the part that like really throws it over the top because like, yeah, and that was the part that made Mallow absolutely useless. Yeah, then you don't need him anymore. And like, especially in the final like boss battles, I basically just would run Mario and Bowser attacking. And whenever it was Peach's turn, she was group hugging. um, Yeah, to heal everyone. And it was like if if an attack would take like a good 80 hit points off of your character or whatever, like peach does group hug and heals everyone for like 115 or something it was perfect. yeah and uh, at one point you get a an, an accessory called a ribbon and if you stick it on her she becomes immune to status ailments and she becomes completely yep. unstoppable yeah yeah um the only oh one of the status ailments that's really kind of a pain in the ass is where um the enemy turns you all into scarecrows <laughs> oh yeah you can't Alone attack, does that but you can use your specials so it was like, I I got real frustrated at one point because everyone got turned into skull or uh, into scarecrows. I was like, well, well now I'm fucked because like I can't do anything. And I was like, I don't know what made me hit Y or if I did it on accident. I was like, wait, this menu comes up and and I'm able to select. This is nuts. Like, okay, well everyone's not a scarecrow anymore because it's Peach's turn and she just does group hug and it cures everyone's status ailments. Yeah, and again, she's way overpowered. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, your status elements are Scarecrow, as you mentioned, uh, Poison, which does what you expect it to do in every RPG, just yeah. takes away your hit points gradually. Uh, silence, which is mute. You can't yep. use specials anymore. Sleep, you're basically pooch for until you wake up. Turned into a mushroom, which is a that weird one. one because you can't do anything, but you heal. Yeah, that one sucks every turn. too. Um, um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. There was another one I thought there were there were ones where there were kind of like debuffs um, that would. take. Yeah, there's two more left. There's fear, which is your attack and defense are cut in half. And then, well, death, which is your character reaches zero health and you're laying on the ground. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know why that's called a status element. That's just kind of called you fucked up. Yeah. Death. Um. Yeah, there's. uh, Hmm. That's the characters. That's the five characters. Mario, Mallow, Gino, Bowser, and Princess Toadstool. You get them. You use them how you want. Everybody sticks Mallow in the back when you don't need to use them. But uh, let's get into the plot of the game. And 
as I put in the intro there, the plot starts out like any Mario game. You know, Princess is just, you know, in the flower garden, picking some flowers, being all princessy-like, and then Bowser shows up and kidnaps her, takes her off to his castle, and of course, Mario's going to go save her. So they have the battle on the chandelier there, and after Mario beats up Bowser, a sword breaks up the action, and it comes and it stabs uh, Bowser's keep. And that's where the game starts. And the sword goes through the star road, which breaks up the seven stars, which is what your goal is, is to collect these stars. Mm-hmm. So after that happens, Mario, Princess, and Bowser kind of biffed off in different directions. And Mario lands back at his house, luckily, where Toad is there. So that starts your adventure. And the first place you're off to is Mushroom King. That's where you meet Mallow. Hooray. <laughs> oh man um yeah any thoughts on that intro did you like it hate it did you do you want to just chuck cool. the carton like, to the garbage i was i was into it it was uh really well done and looked cool like the the sound effects were great it was a great introduction to um you know just the graphical style and some of the music and just the way that the the game was going to handle that was really well done yeah, I liked it for the fact that it um, kind of stayed true to the Mario Brothers formula. Yeah. But let the game take its own direction in its own sort of way without, you know, pissing all over what's been done already. Right. And honestly, this is still only like a decade into the Super Mario Brothers world. And it only really started getting built around Super Mario Brothers 3. Because uh, 1 and 2 are, well, 2 is obviously <laughs> kind of a offshoot of a different game but right. um super mario brothers was kind of a yada yada story they just kind of put together for a nintendo cartridge in a in the manual there well you know what i liked about this is that you know you get you get started on the game and it's kind of introducing you know well here's the here's the plot it's like well kind of like well here we go again right yeah Bowser's gonna steal peach and okay whatever but then it like immediately like basically like Mario kicks his ass right away. And then this other thing happens, which is crazy. It's like, Oh, this is not going to be the same. So that I appreciated that. It was like, you kind of got that whole Bowser kidnaps the princess and Mario saves the princess within the first like three minutes. And then it's like, okay, but now we're off on this other adventure. Yeah. And you weren't sure. Like when you first played the game, if uh, Bowser was really going to be a bad guy or a good guy, and like I don't even remember if Nintendo Power ruined that surprise for you. Hope not. I oh, mean, probably did. Know, but... <laughs> it's Nintendo Power, you know. Yeah. Greatest magazine as a kid, but goddamn, if you didn't learn way too much. That's how I learned how to um, how to have sex. Nintendo Power. Up, up, down, <laughs> down, left, right, left, right. Be a star. <laughs> so, moving on because again, I'm way off track. <laughs> so you're in the Mushroom King Kingdom. You've meet Mallow. Uh, this is one of those locations where you were talking about where one of the people confronts you. Goes, "Are you really Mario? Jump for me, dog!" Yeah, jump, and he's like, "Wow, you really are Mario." So, no comment on that. Nothing. Oh, I you yeah, something. that was fun. And then, like, uh, well, I'm just kind of thinking about like what happens in the Mushroom Kingdom, and you've got you. First of all, like, yeah, you said you meet Mallow. Um, that is the first instance of, of being able to jump. And then when uh, this we have to chase that that crocodile through. Yeah, the purple croc. Yeah. And that was like the first point in the game where 
I mean, you're you're getting used to the the mechanics of the game. You realize you can kind of avoid enemies. There's no random encounters, which is kind of cool. But this is a point in the game where it kind of um, is of to your benefit to actually fight some of these enemies because you could just be like, oh, okay, well, I don't have to fight these. I can avoid them. And then you're getting kind of clever and you get to, you know, the point where you actually have to fight Croco and he'll kick your fucking ass. <laughs> yeah, and you're lucky that when you leave uh, Mario's house there, the toad that's there gives you a bit of a tutorial or an opportunity to do a tutorial for fighting. So at this point, you already know how to fight. You're just putting it into practice and you're doing it on fairly easy enemies. And you can gain probably a level or two if you take your time here. Yeah, okay. it's it's good to actually kind of not like super grind but like a little bit like grind a little bit in this yeah area. well it's always good in an rpg to spend the first uh first little bit there getting a level or two ahead just makes the game a little more accessible so yeah. you're not trying to play catch up the whole game yeah you're not struggling and you know having a miserable time <laughs> looking at you fantasy star yeah <laughs> which i'm not actually disliking right now but i'll get into that next time because um you catch the purple croc which again i cannot remember his name for the life of me oh croco i have it written right croco. here jesus yeah. yes croco. i don't know why i'm reading what's in the brackets so croco the purple croc who steals mallow's money mario and mallow get the money back and then you know mallow buys a cricket pie and says i have to go see grandpa over yeah. at frog pond so you um you head to the underground sewers and this is where you fight one of the first I guess staple bosses because you fight him twice in the game, but this is Balloon. Yeah, yeah he's kind of like a weird, uh, like, like lion-looking thing, isn't he? Well, he has six eyes and big tongue and ears or something like that. Yeah, he's just kind of like a, I don't know, like how to describe it, but it's like a weird, stylized. Yeah. Just, yeah. If you've played the game, you know. If you haven't, just Google Balloon there and B E L O M E, and it'll show up and kind of get un understand a dog with six eyes two legs and tiny little arms and a little but, tiny penis yeah he he eats your characters <laughs> he clones them he turns them into scarecrows and stuff like that and you um you can get a pin in the mushroom kingdom the transform pin yeah and it prevents you from being turned into a scarecrow and it's very valuable to get but at the same time you don't want to use it on both your characters because well it costs money yeah and, i actually I actually did because I got so sick of getting turned into a fucking scarecrow all the time. <laughs> I was like the first time it happened. I was like, what in the world? <laughs> oh, man. Well, I kept um, I think it was a power glove or something. One of the other accessories. I kept it on Mario and then uh, Mallow because he was my healer at the time. I would put the transform pin on him also because he was so friggin weak. Yeah. But once you beat Balone there, he opens up a big floodgate and then you end up going down the uh, Midas waterfall and then a river which turns into a mini game so when you get to the bottom of these you can actually do it again and get frog coins which is a special type of currency yeah so yeah I I never went back to these I never went back to the waterfall or the river mini game because I just it was good the one time and that was it for me I did it a few times because I think, didn't you need a certain amount of frog coins to like progress or? Well, no, but there's a shop when you get to the, uh, the frog pond there uh, or tadpole pond and yeah. you can buy some kind of unique items there, which That's will right. become handy later in the game. 
Yeah, it was dumb. I thought it was something I needed. So I spent like way too much time going down this like dumb river and like trying to get as many of these stupid coins as I could. <laughs> like, well, you only got this many coins. It's like, yeah, because this is like not easy to do. <laughs> yeah, because um, uh, you go down and you have to like tap the A button to swim back up just to try to get over in time. And yeah, the waterfall wasn't as bad. It was the the river raft, like weird jumping log. Oh, jumping yeah, thing. yeah. You're on a that barrel and you have two levels to it and like yeah. an upper and lower level and you have to jump from barrel to barrel while getting on the side where all the coins are. If the barrels hit each other, the barrel moves to the upper or the lower. Yeah. And it was like one of those things that like I was talking about before where it was um, like you could be get you could have a really good rhythm like, OK, I know I got to watch my shadow or I, I got to jump here in order to like be in the right space to get this coin because it's in that weird, you know, like top-down isometric style or whatever and then like your attention would lapse for a second you'd get like completely blasted with a bunch of shit and lose a bunch of coins it's like oh, fuck <laughs> like uh, always right at the end too <laughs> yeah um that happened to me too that's why i never did it again because I, I was happy to have it done and you yeah, can get frog coins pain. throughout the game anyway so yeah, it's not kind of a pain in the that ass. big of a deal but um, you get to the bottom of this, and then you end up at your probably, I think, your first major point, which is uh, Tadpole Pond, and you meet Frogicus. That who's who uh, Mallow thinks his father is. Yeah. And he's just a wise old uh, frog that lives on this little island in the middle of this pond. I got stuck here for a while because I didn't realize you had to stand on these little, like, circles to activate these tadpoles you could jump across. <laughs> so I was like running around like, what in the fuck am I supposed to do? And I like and he, it wasn't I was like, I'll be damned if I'm going to look up a, a like a walkthrough for this, because this is a very linear first RPG. Yeah, this is a very <laughs> linear game and is meant to not be super confusing. But I'm like, yeah, confused by it. <laughs> I was just yeah, it's a little thing. It pauses you for a minute, but then you accidentally hit the right spot. Yeah, but I was like, uh, well, what is this thing? And I was like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> in your trek, you then ran into Todoski, the uh, conductor. Yep. And yeah, there's four songs throughout the game that you can pick up. And it builds his ultimate um, comp uh, composition. Yeah, composition. Yeah. And you get to end it. If you, after you get all four, you get to do like whatever you feel like for the ending. And it doesn't matter what you do. It just finishes it off and then plays a whole song for you. Uh, it's neat it's a fun little side quest but it's not mandatory and it doesn't really do anything that you know alters the ending of the game so it's uh i, I always go for all four i know where all four uh sheet musics are and i always go for all four and then cheat at the end and just look up the walkthrough because i keep getting the notes wrong because it goes do re mi fa so la ti do but it starts kind of in the middle in a weird spot yeah yeah well, as a as a music staff does, like it just it doesn't just start at yeah, the bottom. It works like a music staff, but it yeah. uses do re mi fa so la ti do as opposed to the actual notes. Right. Yeah. So it's. I mean, it, it you can really goof yourself up pretty easily if you don't take your time with it. I only did the one. I didn't realize there were more, but I was like, ah, oh, that was cool, and I just kind of moved on. Yeah, some of them are weird. I think one of them you actually have to listen to and try to figure out what the notes are. Uh, oh, you don't man. actually get a like a sheet to show you. Yeah. Ever no, again, unless you go online. Yeah, I'll take a take a walk through on that one. <laughs> like, I'm as musically talented as 
the muted speaker. Yeah, maybe if I were uh, Yoko Shimomura, I could I could figure oh, that yeah. out. Yeah, she could. Dick move, that out. Yoko. Way to pull a Yoko. I don't. She didn't make that part. <laughs> <laughs> that was her less talented intern. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you're done in Frog with Froggy Kiss, who tells you where to go next, and yeah, so you head off to Rose Way. And funny part about Rose Way is uh, you run into Bowser on the way to uh, Rose Town. Yeah. And Bowser has four rows, about five or six deep of his troops. Uh, Goombas, uh, Koopas, Spike guys. Whatever and, those are. <laughs> and the Lacutuses. Not the, no, sorry, the Wizard guys. Yeah, those little Kamek guys. Yeah, I can't remember their names. But, um, you know, they're all lined up and they're ready to take back Bowser's Keep. So he's given the motivational speech there and uh, they all take off to go try to take back Bowser's Castle, which is funny because you don't see them after this and you don't really bump into them again for a while. But you go to Rosetown and the problem in Rosetown is the citizens are being paralyzed by arrows that are coming out of the sky. But this is also where you find Gino. Right. I was and, really excited to find Gino because I had I had heard so much about this dude. <laughs> Everybody has. He, he's the greatest character that a lot of people think is overrated. I don't think so. I think he's I think he's rated. Oh, he, I, I like him. He's great. But uh, I get the fact that he's not the greatest character ever created. He's just like um, one of those rarities that you don't ever see again. So you just kind of uh, he gets hyped up a little bit higher than other people. Yeah, I can see that. So you run into Gino, and then when you find Gino, uh, there's this kid in the end. He's playing with Mario dolls, Mario Bowser, and a Peach there, and he's playing, you know, Mario beats up Bowser. And Gino's just one of the side characters, and then Mario decides to play with him and ends up getting knocked out. So during the night when Mario's recovering from a concussion by sleeping, which is a doctor-recommended way to recover from a concussion, uh, Gino comes from the... Uh, the star road or above the star road and comes down and possesses the body of this toy, uh, which looks like uh Pinocchio, I guess would be the best way to describe him. Yeah. Especially in the cool. remake there, they really kind of gave him that puppet look. Yeah. He's, he's a, uh, he's a little, he's a little puppet dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. Stick he's a hand in that. his ass and uh, tell him what to say. Yep. <laughs> so Gino takes off doesn't like stay with your party right now he takes off and enters the forest maze to go try to stop the well not really stop bower the boss of the forest maze but try to get the star back and you've already found one star at this point i think yeah no um, yeah, he did okay yeah you found it in the mushroom kingdom when you went back after um helping uh mallow there right so uh, you go into the forest maze and you like this level a lot, you said. I do. I like the forest maze. The sound or the um, the sound. The music is great. Um, it's just it's fun. Like I like those that the little wigglers make an appearance and you're like jumping through those. Um, uh, tree pipes. Yeah, the little tree trunks. And and they they end up being kind of like um, they end up being like the pipes in Mario. I mean, it's a Mario game, but I mean. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you jump down through them and have to like kind of work your way through. The forest maze is pretty fun. Yeah, and um, through this, uh, you have to follow a specific path to get to find Bower. So it's not just uh, go wherever, because you'll end up 
in an area where you have four directions to go and Gino will be heading in one of the directions and you have to follow him through until you finally find the boss at the end, which again is, I guess not Bower, Bower, Bowyer? B-O-W-Y-E-R. I don't know really how to pronounce it, but yeah, he's a bow it's and a arrow. Weird, it's a weird choice for a name for a character in a Mario game. Of course. Well, it's a square name because you never see him again in Mario games. Well, right. Yeah. But Bowyer, like... <laughs> It's like, why would you, why would you pick that? Anyways, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, his boss battle is simple. He has arrows, which are part of his uh, minions. Oh, that's why he's Bowyer. Cause he's, I I remember this now. Cause yeah, he's like a bow and arrow guy. That's oh, why. Well, I figured you. well yeah, I just, I, I couldn't remember at first, but I was like, yeah, there was that guy that you were looking for. I was like, oh yeah, he like is literally a, a bow and shoots little arrows yeah. at you. And he's the one that's shooting the arrows, but he's shaped like a bow. Yeah. And I liked his, uh, his boss fight there where he locks your, one of your attacks. So your A or Y yeah. or your X. Yeah. that was He locks cool. one of them out at a time and it actually changes the dynamic, especially when uh, you're low on flower points and he takes out your attack. Yeah. So you're just kind of sitting there hoping the hell you have a honey jar. Yeah. Honey jar. And then you can actually do something, but it was like, it was like X, X, X. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Once he hit X, it was who cared. You just beat him up with the old uh, hammer. Yep. Mario's large hammer. So, okay. Yeah. So you beat him and then you get the star and Gino joins your party permanently. So then, yay, you now have a character that's not useless, but you still have Mallow in your party. So you got to carry on, right? You got to right. find somebody to replace Mallow. So it's off to the Mole Mountains and Moleville. And this is where you see Bowser again. Remember the first time he had a large army? Well, this time his forces have been completely diminished. And that's kind of the end of the Bowser, the Koopa Troopa, if you want to call him that. And yeah, I like I like seeing Bowser a couple times just as um, not as an enemy, because I'm sure like, you know, playing this for the first time, like, unfortunately, like, obviously I was a little spoiled knowing who your playable characters were going into it. But you know, at the time I'm sure it was really cool to like see Bowser and be like, Oh shit. Now I have to fight Bowser. And it's like, Oh wait, no, he's off doing his own thing. Like seeing yeah, him a I... couple times, seeing how he, how his story progresses in the background. Yeah, and I always thought there, like originally thought there was going to be a point where he ended up having to fight him and he'd be like a mid game boss or something. But, uh, you know, that doesn't come to be, and we'll get into that in a minute there, but you're in uh, Moleville right now, and after Bowser takes off again for the second time, you learn that the uh, two Tots, which are mole people, uh, one named Dinah and the other Might, which uh, mm-hmm. together spells dynamite. <laughs> uh, <laughs> took me way too long to realize that. Yeah. Um. So they're trapped in the mine, so you have to enter the mine, and throughout it, you bump into Croco again, that purple uh, crocodile, and he has a bomb that you so you get that bomb, blow up a hole in the wall, and you, you work your way through. Um, not a hard level, just fun. I enjoyed it. Again, you yeah, chase like Croco around, and you have to get some of your stuff back from his minions. Yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah, I like this one. I like this one a lot. I didn't, I was kind of irritated to see Croco again, because I thought yeah, like, oh, he's going to be that pain in the ass character that you see a bunch of times and is like going to just do douchey things like take your items and run away or whatever i always didn't like his um his shtick there his uh you have to sneak up behind him but he's always turning there and you have to you know be so far away if he's looking at you so he doesn't see you because he's nearsighted or something yeah that could be difficult to to time properly and it was like 
another um another difficulty of the top down isometric plane i think yeah well once you uh beat him he bombs open the wall there and you go through some more levels and you find the enemy of this part which is punchinello yeah and he drops bombs like of various sizes so he'll start with a couple of small bombs you beat him up fairly easy and then mid-sized bombs then large bombs and then finally when you beat him up like you beat him a gigantic bomb jumps or drops down and explodes that's the end of the fight right i i i didn't really find anything interesting about this fight it was just very it felt like um a multiple round of normal enemies so it didn't wasn't really that hard yeah it was just progressively like bigger and bigger enemies until you finish the battle it wasn't particularly difficult yeah and when the big bomb blows up the only thing that happens is mario's covered in black suit there and yeah uh, he shakes it off and the star falls down and you get another star uh you move forward after this into the back of the mine and you find the two tots but this is another one of those really fun mini game parts that this one i did a couple of times because i really enjoyed this one it was the mine carts using mode seven. Oh yeah and you have to go around, you got to speed up, jump to uh, collect mushrooms to go boosting, and then you got to hit the brakes to take the hard corners. And I like, I love this one. Yeah. And those mushrooms that you were collecting are the same ones that you could use to heal yourself, right? Yeah. So if you didn't use them, I think you just kept them. I honestly cannot remember, but. Uh, yeah, I think I remember like grabbing them and then I didn't use all of them and I ended up with a bunch of mushrooms when I was done. Oh, that's a nice little uh, gift I never yeah. noticed before. But there's two modes in this. So you're doing the mode seven, like um, behind the cart there and turning around like you're flying the uh, airship in Final Fantasy VI. And you leave the mine for a moment and you do this side-scrolling level where you're just going up like a roller coaster mm-hmm. uh, type track. And then you jump some holes and you grab some more mushrooms and you do the mode seven part again, I think two or three times. And it's timing you the whole time, and it, it turns into a race after. Can you beat your time? Yeah. Um, once you get to the end, uh, it's basically you're ramped off the end of the uh, the track, and a cutscene happens, and you crash through the roof of the Tot's house there, and you carry on to the next part. Yeah. You run it's into a sniffet that tells you where to go next, so you head off to Booster's Tower. I liked Booster's after- Tower. Yeah, after going through like a quick pass there. And um, you want to explain what happens at Booster Tower since you love it? Um, It was kind of weird. I was like, who's this Booster fella? But um, yeah, you got Bowser there. Um, He smashes open the door and um, lets you join. Like he lets you join him, which I think is kind of funny. He's like, fine, you can join me. It's like he's really joining your party. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you can be part of my Koopa Troop. Yeah, it's like, okay, okay, Bowser. Um, But that was the first time. And like, there's a few other instances in the game where like you have to time it with Bowser to like run and charge a door. And then he, with his like bulk and strength, can bust through stuff. Yeah. And he knocks you inside of Booster's Tower. And you're right. This is one of the best levels of the game. Yeah, I I did enjoy this one quite a bit. Um, So... Yeah, then this is where you get the the chomp, right? Yeah, um, one of the things you have to do is uh, 
find him like you at the beginning of the level you find these pictures on the wall of all the boosters and it's booster yeah. the first through booster the eight and you got to remember the what they look like in what order i just took a picture with my cell phone and later on you find these pictures in a, out of order and you have to hit them from the first to the eight like in that order and it gives you a key to unlock a special door find chomp there i don't know if i did that or not Maybe I did. So where um, you find Chomp? Yeah, it's been a while. I don't know if I if I did this or not. But um, I just like there's a lot of like weird little hidden passages in the tower, and like it's clear that there's like stuff watching you from behind the pictures. Like I think you can see some of the eyes move as you're going by. Oh yeah, that was always <laughs> fun. It's like classic, yeah. like um, like not haunted mansion but like you know like trap door you know stuff that kind of that kind of shit yeah and one thing i liked about this is when you go in there you have this like uh, elevator music going on this mm-hmm. really generic song it's just very calming and soothing and you know you still fight the enemies and stuff but you get halfway up and all of a sudden booster shows up on a train and that's how you're introduced to him yeah, he's like riding a little train like uh like the friggin' trolley and uh and Mr. Rogers that like comes from behind the wall. <laughs> yeah. And then that's where music changes to like the the really good version of the Booster Tower song, the one I really mm-hmm. like. But when he's on that train, he biffs some bombs down at you and you just have to run behind a wall and stare out the like the little glass there and let him blow up. Yeah. I did not realize that on my first time ever playing the game when I was younger and I kept dying there. I was like, how do you do this? Oh yeah. You just run away from him. <laughs> and now it's just like second nature. It's like, Oh yeah. Big opening over in the wall there. It makes sense. So you climb this one. Now this is also where you got to get Mario turns into eight bit as you're climbing. There's um, yeah. an area with a curtain and you can cut through and you come out as a eight bit Mario. Yeah. Just like a little, homage fun little thing um the curtain mini game when you get to the top you get to booster's room there uh there's a curtain it's not really a mini game because you don't get to play it again but it's just like one of the challenges so you have four curtains yeah and you have to hide behind them and the um not the shy guys what the frig are those Those, bullet face things those little sniffit things yeah sniffit thank you okay anyway so yeah the sniffits there who you have three of them plus booster and first It'll be one who goes and he opens one curtain at a time, then two, then three, then Booster will show up. Yeah. And all four curtains are going to be opened. But uh, what did you think of that one? I got it on one try, but it certainly stressed me the fuck out trying to yeah. like get like, r- I'm like running around trying to like get behind the one that they're not by. And I'm like, no, nope, they're going to find me. <laughs> and there's that one time. And uh, I think it's like the second or third pass through with uh, three uh, sniffets there. And one of them changes places. Yeah. At the last second. Yeah. And so you have to kind of move over. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember that one intimately now, and I always wait for it. I don't remember exactly when it happens until I'm playing it. And then I just remember the pattern in my mind. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh shit, not this one. So I go hide on the right one. Yeah. <clears throat> but when you um, finish this and Booster joins in, they open all four curtains. Mario's kind of standing there, and Booster notices that the Mario doll that he's looking for is actually up on the rafters above. Yeah. 
So he uh, he doesn't know how to get it down, and all of a sudden Mario does what Mario does best. He jumps and knocks it down, and Booster finally realizes that Mario's there. Yeah. Um, that was a that's just that was a funny moment, and and again another time that you get to use the jump to do something goofy and. Yeah, and, and then you go out on the balcony, like Booster goes out on the balcony, you bust the door open, you fight knife guy and great guy, and it's just a standard fight. Yeah. Um, yeah, this they one act like bad. bosses, but they're not bosses. Yeah, this wasn't too bad of a fight, I don't think. I think um, Knife Guy was a little, little touch and go. He was, he had yeah, some attacks I, that could mess you up a little bit. Yeah, I just focused on him first. Like I just take yeah. him out, and then when he's dead, it's just a straight beat down a great guy. Yeah. Uh, so once that's done, you kind of jump down and. You right, chase Booster up Booster Hill, and it's another mini game where you have the Sniffets behind you chasing you. You're chasing Booster, who has Peach tied to his back, and barrels are rolling down the hill, and you have to run up behind him. You bounce off the barrels, and you get closer, and every time you touch Peach, you get a flower, uh, which increases your flower point. Yeah, that was a really useful. Yeah, I like if this. you're really yeah. good at this one, you can really get a boost to your flower power. Yeah, <laughs> I think I did end up, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I think I did end up getting to Peach a few times and, and getting a few flower points out of it. Yeah, once or twice, but um, if you get hit by the barrel or the Sniffets hit you and you can bounce off the Sniffets as well, you just tumble backwards and have to start all over again. Yeah, that gets as frustrating. Closer to the top you get, the more difficult it becomes. The Sniffets start moving around all over the place and you just kind of have to dodge and avoid. But you get yep. to the top and you end up in Marymore. And this has probably one of my favorite enemies, uh, the cake. Yeah, <laughs> the cake so was fun. You get to the chapel there. Uh, Booster's kicked out all the people who are right in a wedding. Uh, you go inside and all of a sudden Peach gets all of her gear knocked off, her crown, her gloves and all that kind of stuff. So you have to kind of go around the church and you have to pick it all up before these candles light and they're going down the pews. Uh, not very <laughs> difficult. Usually you can get it done in two or three rows of candles there and just go talk to Peach and give everything back to her and the fight starts i didn't realize that was a a timed um uh, like event trying to find all peach's stuff because i actually was pretty frustrated for a second because like i couldn't figure out how i could find her shit and then finally i like figured it out i was like oh okay and then i did the rest of it but like i probably burned up a few of my candles like just trying to figure out how uh, the friggin it was not hard to do at all like you have so much time to do it it's like yeah you could go make a sandwich come back and still have tw like two three minutes to do it yeah these are the kind of points where like when i talk about like a quirky rpg like this is the kind of stuff where it's like these just like goofy ass mini games that like <laughs> you do for like a second it's like almost like playing uh freaking wario where for a second like we're just gonna have you do this thing that you're not gonna have to do for the rest of the game and it's just gonna weird like little mini game <laughs> like just don't waste my time <laughs> yeah and well once you get all peach's stuff back or to uh, toadstool i guess in whichever version of the game you're playing you fight the cake well boost you first you're gonna fight booster but then the cake comes to life yeah and it was a fun fight. It wasn't anything special, but I just like the idea that instead of fighting Booster, who you've been chasing for the last hour, hour and a half, you end up fighting the wedding cake. Yeah. And that was a nice twist, uh, you know, twist on the story for me. But um, 
once you beat the cake, Booster eats it in the end of the fight there, and that's how the cake dies. And then from that point, you get Princess Peach, and you get to head back to the Mushroom Kingdom. And yeah, so take Princess back to the Mushroom Kingdom there. A little cutscene happens. Everybody's happy. Princess is going to stay there and take care of all the little mushroom people. And then as you're leaving, she jumps out the window, floats down on her umbrella, and joins your party permanently. Yeah, like that little, uh, um, that little like bait and switch where it's like you like either if you know of this game before you start playing or you've probably looked through the manual or whatever before you start playing this game. If you're like, you know, a kid in the in the 90s playing it for the first time, you're like, oh, nice. This is Ragged Peach. And it's like, oh, what the hell? She has to go back and like get locked in her tower or like what is fucking happening here? <laughs> Yeah, and why is she not a queen? Where's her parents? Like, let's ask the real question here. Why is she being a princess for so long when you never see uh, King Toadstool or Queen Toadstool? Oh, he's a mushroom. Uh, just... I don't like it. Tip. Too many holes. There's a conspiracy in the mushroom. Well, wait, king. isn't uh, like Super Mario Brothers 3, there's like a weird king that's been like transformed into a different animal and he's yeah but they're the kings of the different worlds not the entire not not peaches like dad or whatever maybe one of them is i don't know (laughs) now we're getting into a different type of conspiracy yeah (laughs) oh my god world seven is peaches dad one of them one of them should be right (laughs) (laughs) oh man so anyways peach joins you and then you're off to the star hill and i i god this was a waste of a level yeah, like, like I thought the uh, like running around and like activating the the doors was cool, but then all of a sudden like the star piece is just like fucking sitting there. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't have to some, do anything. There's some neat Easter eggs in there. Like you uh, talk to these other stars, and it kind of gives you people's wishes that didn't go all the way up to the star road. And you get a Luigi Easter egg in there. Oh, really? I didn't. I guess I yeah, didn't. Yeah, one of them's like, uh, "Please take care of my brother," and you know, oh. you know, it's Luigi because again. Uh, he can't be part of a game where Mario is the sole focus. Right. Because who would want to have Luigi in a game about Mario? Unless we're talking Mario Luigi Superstar Saga. We aren't, so let's carry on. (laughs) 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 All right, so uh, you end up at Seaside Town. Um, This is where you learn a star piece fell into the sea, so you end up going into the water and jump into the sunken ship, and I know this is where you message me a lot. Oh, yeah, I got really fucking irritated with the sunken ship. I hated it. And I know this is like one of your favorite parts of the game. (laughs) It's like, this just sucks. (laughs) Mostly because I know the answer now. But yeah, the the original time, it wasn't as fun. Yeah. And like the answer itself is like the the clues that they give you for the answer is like. Not helpful. Yeah. So to to explain what Sam's talking about is when you're on the ship, you find out to open the last door. You need to uh, figure out a six letter word. Right. And there's six clues hidden on the ship behind six doors. So each door has a different challenge to actually um, get which one of the clue, uh, one of the letters of the clues. And it's not simply like it gives you the letter. It kind of gives you a hint of what the letter could be or what a couple of letters could be. Yeah. So but like they're like, well, the third letter is next to a vowel. And it's like, that's not, that's not a helpful clue at all. <laughs> well, there was one helpful clue that uh, kind of worked out and yeah, it was, um, it's something that's in the sea or lives in the sea. Actually, that one was kind of, um, it's too a misdirect. Y- yeah. 
Yeah, fine. yeah. No, I didn't. I did not care for the clues at all. I thought they were all stupid. yeah, and um, and the way that you have to get the clues were was also kind of stupid. Like some of them were. Like some so, of them. Were well, cool, some of them but... were fun. Like where you had to bounce the cannonball up to hit the coin block to uh, shoot the next cannonball and repeat that process. I like that. Yeah, that was cool once I figured it out, but it took me a second to figure out what the hell. Like, yeah. I, I would like, I think I stepped on the switch and then the cannonball shot and then it was like, bram, bram, and it's like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> it shoots a cannonball and then tells me I lost. It's like, get up, get fucked. <laughs> and there's a 3D maze. Yeah, that one's that. That was really fucking annoying. Yeah, and the game that uh, the 3D is kind of, it's not really 3D in the sense of 3D. It's 3D in the sense of kind of tricking your brain by tilting the camera and uh, putting yeah. a grid-based system on there. That 3D maze took me forever the first time, and it's all about jumping, and like you just continue to jump and press all directions until eventually you land on a platform and you get to the second level and you kind of have to work a way around and repeat it. But yeah, it's uh, basically a closed off maze where you have like tunnels that you have to like work your way through, but you can't see where the tunnels are because they're all blocked off by, you know, you, you enter and then like, you know, the tunnels are, are making their way through this block, but you can't see what they are. Yeah. And that was the only one that I ever had a problem with. The other ones were pretty standard. Uh, yeah. Any other ones you want to talk about before we move on? Um, no, I think, oh, there's one where you have to like platform across while you're like collecting like pieces of a star or whatever. Oh, yeah, and yeah. That one, like some of the jumps like right at the end were really annoying and like you couldn't retry it unless you exited and re-entered the room. Is that the one you had to chase the coins around the room? Yeah, it was the coins, not stars. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, yeah. If you went too fast, uh you would actually go faster than the system and it would uh, fail you. You had to yes. restart. Yes. So you yeah. had to like very toe that line of like being just right behind the star. And then there was a couple like there was like a longer jump at the end that was kind of difficult. And you had to like work your way around a corner in that isometric whatever bullshit. And that that one pissed me off. But and yeah. then I think right at the end, that was one of the ones where like I finally got it. And the clue was like the last or like the the fourth thing is a vowel next to a consonant it's like <laughs> get fucked <laughs> like that's not helpful at all yeah um but you get all six clues and you get to a room where you have six blocks and when you hit the block it'll be like the first letter is and you keep hitting the block and you'll have like five or six letters random letters there and then you got to spell the word yeah. And I'm going to say the word, but I'm also giving you a chance to kind of skip ahead here. So uh, in three, two, one. So the password is pearls. Yeah. And that was and I think that what pissed me off was hold on. P.E.A.R.L.S. That was what pissed me off was that it was plural because it was like pearl. Like, would it would that have been so hard to just make it Pearl? But it's Pearl. Oh, so so I was thinking, trying to think warning. of six. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of six letter words. So I was like thinking of other things like, oh, I know it lives on the bottom of the sea and it's like a six letter thing. So I was trying to think of other six letter things. I wasn't thinking like pearls, which aren't really living things anyways. Yeah, that's where the misdirect was. Uh, it says no, it it's not a misdirect. It's just sea, dumb. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's not alive. 
No. Oysters are alive. And pearls aren't. No, pearl is like a freaking whatever uh, calcium deposit of like whatever fucking. It's like a um, like wh- what do you call that uh, fucking uh, like ambergris or whatever. Where it's <laughs> like a coated piece of shit or whatever. Like, I mean, they're pretty, but it's like basically like clam shit. You know, it's like <laughs> I like yeah. your clam shit necklace, honey. Yeah, that's a great clam shit necklace. My, my wife has pearls. Like she got a long time ago, and she's you know has them appraised and everything. And anytime she wears them for now, I'm just gonna say nice clam shit necklace. Oh, that'll go over real well. Oh yeah. <laughs> Trick is you buy yourself a really comfortable couch, so because you know you're gonna sleep <laughs> yeah. on it. All right. So um. Uh, okay. So you open up the door. You fight King Calamardi, which is a squid. It's uh, one of those large squids you find in the water levels of any Mario game. Yep. Which I think are called Calamari, but I'm not 100% sure. I'm not big on the Mario characters' names. Uh, but... um, Calamari, maybe. Yeah, but whatever. I mean, it's a, just a giant squid, and you, yeah, you, I think you can attack the tentacles. That's what I kind of focused on was attacking Yeah, and the, the tentacles, tentacles come out of the floor, and eventually you get to a point where you fight just... No, no, that's the next part. Uh, after you beat the calamari, you uh, you move on to where the star is, and you meet Jonathan Jones, who's a yep. pirate shark. Yeah. And he challenges you to a one-on-one, or Mario challenges him to a one-on-one, and you kind of take him out there, and he gives you the star piece because he's a man of honor, or a shark of honor. I think this was the first boss battle where I actually had a little bit of trouble with it, because once I got to the one-on-one, I think he it was timed. Excuse me. It was timed in a weird way where I think whoever he squared off against was like kind of low on health. And then I just kind of died. <laughs> was it? He's always uh, fought Mario uh, on my. Is it always Mario? Okay. I think it's whatever, always like, Mario. Yeah. I think the first time I wasn't expecting it. And when he was like, I challenge you to a, you know, one on one or whatever, it was like his health was low and I hadn't had a chance to beef him back up. And oh, yeah, Jesus, I, I uh, I already heal everybody before I go into the next room. No, I was healed. It's like there's a little bit of battle before that where he had taken a little bit of damage, and I was just kind of behind the eight ball. I wasn't expecting. Oh, okay. That. Yeah. It's not like you're one hit point going into this fight. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> All right. Well, you beat after you beat him, you get the star piece, and you go back to Seaside Town, and. When you go there, all the characters in Seaside Town are acting weird and everything, and it turns out they're all part of the uh, Smithy gang. So they take off towards the water, which is kind of a a side area of the town, and they're about to take off. They're waiting for this giant axe, which they haven't really introduced in the game yet. This is the first mention of it. And then as they're about to take off, Jonathan Jones jumps out of the water and yars his way to convincing those guys to give the star back but those guys turn himself into another enemy called yardovich yeah and you beat him get the star piece back yardovich i actually found to be one of the hardest enemies of the game yardovich um I he is I... how would i describe him yeah i can't quite remember exactly this battle because i don't think i had too much trouble with it yeah he's um basically a skinny guy with a spear Oh, yeah, he was kind of an asshole, but I, I managed to it was a tough battle, but I managed to beat him. Yeah, it's nothing like, too much nothing trouble. you uh, would struggle with, but I just found him to be a little more persistent at uh, annoying me than the other enemies. Yeah, 
And again, since I don't use specials very often, I just kind of beat them down with fists, and that's probably why it took me longer. Yeah. But nevertheless, you beat him, you get the star piece back for a second time, and then you learn of a town where monsters don't want to fight anymore, and it's called Monstro Town. Yeah, that's kind of a fun place. Yeah, and to get there, you have to fight Balome again. So you go through a desert where you have to jump into the whirlpools where the antlions are. You jump into them, do a quick battle, goes to another area, you repeat that process, and you end up in a temple underground, and it's Balome's temple. So Yeah, this part was pretty cool. Yeah, I like this part, because you eventually come back here um, with the key, and you actually get a bunch of stuff. There's a... a... Uh, statue of balloon blocking the way and you feed him the key and he lets you in and it's just a bunch of treasure chests and stuff oh shit i don't think i did that yeah and i don't remember how to get the key off the top of my head but it's kind of one of those things you'll run into so um after you beat balloon again it opens up another waterway but this time no water and then you end up in monstro town and this one you don't really do a whole lot here but you do have to talk to monster mama to get the Sky Troopers to get up the wall at Land's End so you can climb to the top. Yeah. There's some, and, like, other little mini things that you can do. I think there was, like a, like, a dojo where you could fight, and I did, like, the first few fights, but then there was one that was really hard that I just was like, yeah, I think you're supposed to probably come back when you're stronger. And Yeah, I think there's I three rounds play. total with him. Yeah, that third round, he's, like, he just, he works. Oh, yeah, he, he gets pretty uh, strong. This is also where the Final Fantasy character is hidden behind the door. Yeah, like the uh, whatever mega boss that's at the end of the game. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Kulix is his name. But there's a long process. Well, not a super long process, but a couple of steps you have to take to open up that door. And that's that'll be something we get into, uh, into right around the end. Yeah. I, I didn't full full disclosure. I did not do that. I finished it. I was like, uh, I'm going to be done for now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, so after you uh, get the Sky Troopers, you head off to Bean Valley. And uh, I'm going to talk about Bean Valley in here a second. We're going to pause, but you're not going to notice because we're going to be right back in two seconds. We're going to pause here for a quick bathroom break. Maybe I'll cut something in here. <laughs> Yeah. Just to uh, cut in a little cut in a little music. <laughs> I think I know what I'm gonna cut in just real quick. The elevator music time. from uh whatever uh that tower. So all right, we're we're back. All right, so we're in Nimbus land now. Actually, we're headed towards Nimbus land, sorry. So the um, we were talking about the Sky Troopers in the wall, and you have to climb on their back, and they kind of move around. It's not impossibly hard, but it's another jumping on a 3D plane. If you remember that? Uh, yeah, I had some difficulty with this, but not not too bad. But like, yeah, you got to climb the... Are they vines, I think? Just, no, no, the, the Sky Troop is there. The, the Koopa Troop is that are against the wall and they're all flying. You jump on their backs oh, and you climb up. Yeah, no, those those that was not too bad. No, and you get timed by Sergeant Flutter, but nothing matters. It's all bragging rights. Right, yeah. I was like, he's like, oh, well, you did it in this. I was like, whatever. I don't care. And then I just moved on. <laughs> yeah. But in at the end, point, you're uh, being... think... oh, go ahead. 
Oh, sorry. I think at this point in the game, I was I was pretty sour still about the fucking <laughs> pirate ship. <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling me how much you yeah. hate pirate ship. <laughs> so you get to the top of this and you enter Bean Valley and you work your way through this and a couple of pipes and stuff and you end up finding a piranha plant called the Mega Smilex. Uh-huh. And when yeah. you beat him, you get a seed, which is important for later. So, uh, yes, mandatory boss. So it's not like you're going to miss him. But right. uh, there's the uh, shy guy, flying shy guy who waters him and whistles the whole time. And he comes into play a little bit later as well. I do like how because the, the seed that you get is optional. It's just that the boss is one that you're going to fight anyway. I like that touch where it's like um, they kind of they kind of spoon feed you this item that you're going to need to do something later so that you make sure you don't miss it. Yeah. And even if you do miss it, you can always come back and grab it again once you learn about it. Right. So you get this anyways, it doesn't matter. A beanstalk comes out of it and you got to climb the Nimbus land. And this is one of the parts I actually had a problem with because you're climbing up on clouds and beanstalks. Yes. This is the part that I was thinking about. Yeah, so you're, as you climb up, there comes this one point where you have to make this jump onto the beanstalk. And again, it's on a 3D plane, and it's not impossibly hard, and it's very forgiving, unless you uh, miss the bottom, and then you fall all the way back down, and you got to climb up again. And I kept doing this one part over and over and over, because I couldn't get the beanstalk, and it was finally just pissing me off. Yes. Like, I was, you know, squeezed the switch angry when I did the replay through of the uh, new one. And I jumped up there for like my 20th attempt and I was just like, all right, jump a few times to uh, get myself in the mood. And I jumped up and I hit a platform, a hidden platform. And it just drove me absolutely. I was swearing. I was cursing. I just turned the game off for 10 minutes to collect myself. Oh, I was so (laughs) pissed. I missed it. (sighs) But uh, yeah, so. After I found that hidden platform, it became very easy to get the rest of the way up. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't have as much trouble. Like it was a little irritating, but I I don't, I don't think I had the same level of frustration as you did with this part. It was just a little, it was just annoying. It was like, okay, more of this. Well, the frustration was because first I forgot about that platform. And second is because I kept missing that jump by just a pixel or two. And I kept falling to the bottom or I'd grab it. But because I was hitting like uh, left to make the jump, I'd grab it and that he would, character or Mario would climb down and fall off. Yeah, I mean, because you can you can kind of slide side to side on these. Um, I mean, it kind of operates like the vines in Super Mario Brothers 2, doesn't it? Where you like you can slide side to side while you're climbing. Yeah. Yeah. Circle that, around you time your jumps and all that stuff. It, it's right. it's a fun part if you don't do a stupid. But you get to the top and you're in Nimbus land. And this is where we find uh, one of our characters with the bouncy boobs called Valentina. Yeah. Did they? uh, I've heard that they. uh, The the boob bounce is gone in the remake. That sucks. I thought that was so funny. Like every time you every time you attack her boobs bounce. Yeah. Um, I was so tickled by that. (laughs) She was a. I guess I can say she was a bit of more of a, an annoying character rather than anything special, but uh, yeah, her whole claim to fame is to say she is the, I don't know, helper to the King Nimbus, and she has her 
sidekick, the Dodo, she claims is a long lost prince named Mallow. Hint, hint. Yeah. Hint, so, hint. Yeah. So uh, you walk through, of course, Mallow's completely fucking oblivious because he's useless. He's like, oh, that's my name. No, I'm a frog. You're not not a frog. Look in the mirror. You are clearly not a frog. (laughs) Yeah. So you end up doing some stuff uh, around town and you find this guy who's like, I can turn you into statues and then you can get into the castle that way. And he's also the guy who tells you that Mallow is actually the long lost prince. So he turns you into gold statues and he brings you into the castle and sets you up after a bit of a cutscene. And the Dodo, who actually really hates Valentina, comes down and he likes to peck the statues. And this is another one of those curtain type games. Yeah. This one I always takes takes me two or three tries because I always mistime my jump. Again, not musically inclined, so... Yeah, I'm I'm bad with rhythm based shit. Yeah, and this is rhythm based because the song plays and he pecks on the I don't know whatever note it is, I guess the fourth note or something, and it does a sequence. So when he comes to peck you, you have to jump, and he misses you, and then he kind of realizes it. But if uh, yeah, if you he sees you move or you jump at the wrong time, he runs against Valentina, who's like, "No, you stupid bird!" and hits him, and then. They start the whole process all over again. Yeah, <laughs> you have to do it again. Yeah, so you do it again, and uh, after that, you just jump off, and you go through the halls, and you end up uh, running into a nest with a big egg in it called Shelly. Remember Shelly? Yeah, I do. It wasn't too bad. You just no, have it's to... just an egg. You beat it up yeah. until it cracks open, and out comes yeah. our transgender uh, hero of Super Mario Brothers 2, Berta. Birdo. But I don't know. Like, I know Super Mario Brothers 2 originally, they kind of called Birdo a guy who dresses like a girl. But in later games, I think they kind of just slid away from that. And now Birdo's just a, a female. Yeah, because it's weird. Like, why? I mean, not that. Yeah, we're like, oh, now we're like in a, now we're in like a <laughs> sticky, this is a bit of a sticky wicket. Yeah. Uh, it's not weird. It's just like the choice at the time was like odd. You know well, what I mean? Like well, at the, the, the time, question like, is, was it a typo or did they, you know, do it on purpose? It was, I, I would imagine it was a translation typo and then it just kind of stuck for a while, you know? Yeah. And it was nothing that hurt anybody. So I don't see no. why they didn't keep it, but I, like I haven't looked it up, but I've heard that they've kind of uh, shied away from repeating that again. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess whatever. I mean, yeah. you don't want to, you don't want to. Let's not dwell on this point and move on yeah. to uh, <laughs> when you finally find Valentina and Dodo, and you have to give chase, uh, and then you end up fighting them, and yes. so you fight both of them, and after you beat them, Dodo f- picks up uh, Valentina, and they fly away, and she ends up landing at Booster's tower. So, Booster has a new you know, girl to play with. Right. I guess. Yeah. With, with jiggly boobs every time I just, <laughs> that I can't get over how fucking funny. I'm so glad I played the original. Like I had to emulate it, but I'm glad I played the original first and just kind of got a feel for it. And then got to experience anytime you <laughs> Valentino yeah. with a physical attack or boobies jiggle. <laughs> and it's, it's great. Cause from that point on boob physics became a, uh, a real thing and you know they kept working on it. and then the dead or dead or alive games came out and then boob physics was actually part of the engine boob physics 
I, I'm not 100 percent sure that's a true story, but that was I'm a sure rule that's the trajectory. We're gonna stick to it. Yeah, <laughs> that is considered fact, and we will not take alternative facts. Yeah, it's like a bunch of I just imagine like a bunch of scientists like standing around looking at boobs and then like <laughs> scribbling in their notes and then like programming some shit and looking at 3D models and. <laughs> <laughs> the slow-mo bros get in there. Those guys on YouTube who have like the uh, slow motion camera there for boob jiggle so they can get like really down to the brass tacks of the physics. Oh yeah. Yeah. Get in there and get those, get those slow-mo boob jiggles. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that makes up for the cone breast of Laura Croft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great stuff. Great conversation going on right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's next <laughs> okay so you uh you free the king or the queen and the king nimbus um they tell you that they saw a star piece fall into the barrel volcano which is your next destination and the barrel volcano is very standard but a very fun level you're basically jump down well don't jump how do you get into there oh yeah you do jump into the volcano because you go down a vine and there's a hole and you just drop down to the volcano because safety first right yeah, so, <laughs> just jump right in there. <laughs> yeah, in the volcano, you uh, run, jump, you move, you fight, you level up a couple of times, and then you finally find the Gazar dragon. And he's just in the flame, flaming molten lava there, and you beat him up, and he resurrects as a Zombone, but you can beat Zombone like you do any dead, undead enemy. Yeah. By oh, trying. that's why I use the specials all the time. Now I remember because the, uh, the bone Koopa Troopas or the undead Koopa Troopas there, yeah. You couldn't beat them normally with attacks. You had to use your special to kill them. Yes. I didn't. Yeah. That was, that threw me. That was always like, you know, like running into those was like, oh, come on. Yeah. It and was it more of an so annoyance than anything. But Zombone was this, I think, was the same way. You could just use a special attack and it would kill him in one shot. Really? God damn it. <laughs> Any that's not what I did. I'm pretty sure I just like pounded away at it until it died. Uh, yeah. So you beat Zombone either easy way or hard way, and then you get the star piece, but then the best friggin' villains of the entire game that were so far underutilized that it actually annoys me nowadays, Axum Rangers, they grab it and they run. The fucking Axum Rangers. I, uh, yeah. No, you go ahead because I'm going to wax poetic for a minute here on these guys. They're the worst. They're the fucking worst. Yeah. So like, <laughs> excuse me. And here's the part where like, I mean, I had obviously the the emulator and save states, but like the, the Axum Ranger battle was the first one. If I'm thinking correctly, uh, the Axum Ranger battle was the first one that I like died a bunch of times on because I, I had some difficulty with it. And it was like so fucking frustrating because I know that if you're playing this on an original on original hardware with no save states and, and whatnot, like your when you die, you go back to your last save state. So you're going to you're going to every time you go up against the Axum Rangers and you lose, you're going to go back and you're going to fight the Zar Dragon and the Zombone again. And then you're going to go chase the Axum Rangers up that annoying little cliff again. And then you're going to fight them again. And if they beat you again, you're going all the way back down to the bottom. So, and, and they're, they're pretty tough. So there's like, there's five of them and they look like power Rangers. I mean, that's why they're, I think they're kind of a little spoof on like super Sentai or power Rangers. And, um, I had to go up against them 
enough times that I was able to kind of devise myself a strategy for how to deal with them. Any other yeah. thoughts, Brian? <laughs> you no, can go ahead and wax poetic. <laughs> that, that's great. But I'm just, my thing is about them is they were the first characters in the game. I thought they could have been utilized as the main antagonist outside of Smithy himself for the game. Because there's five of them. Uh, they could have been placed around five of the stars earlier on in the game, replacing some of these redundant, like Bower or Bower or whatever his name is. Yeah. Give these Axum Rangers the abilities of these regular enemies so that, you know, you find one, you beat him up, he runs off, find the second one, you beat him up, he runs off, and you carry on until you get to the volcano, and then you have the five Axum Ranger battle on top of the axe. I thought that would have been a great way to use them. Yeah. They're just kind of randomly there. It's like, who the fuck yeah. are these guys? <laughs> and the axe, like the gigantic axe. Um, I don't remember what its name is, but I'm just drawing a blank on it. But oh. uh, yeah, and there was, that was another thing. There was one point, like one of my runs against them was I, I had beaten them as the five rangers. And I was like, oh, finally, yes. <laughs> and then they go ahead and jump in this fucking robot. And then I lost to that. I was like, God damn it. Yeah, Blade or something like that. That was yeah. his name. And it was first mentioned when you're fighting uh, the Yardovich. Yes. Uh, right before that. And that's the first time. And this is the last time. And, you know, out of the two times he's mentioned. It's and it seems story. like such a big character of this flying gigantic ass axe. Yeah. And it's just never mentioned again. You beat the axe. It crashes. The Axum Rangers are friggin dead. Yep. So. Maybe I'm missing something about them. Maybe the square just didn't like them enough or something, or maybe the uh, was too close to the Power Rangers to use too much. I didn't like them either. Good riddance, yeah. you little fuckers. <laughs> I hated them all. So I just like think the, they could have been used better in the game. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, like like I mentioned, like all of a sudden, you know, you get this. You think you're getting this star from beating the the Zar Dragon Zombo and little combo guy, and then all of a sudden, like these fuckers come out of nowhere and take your star. It's like, well, who are you? <laughs> yeah there's Just, there like no, no indication yeah prefix to it there's no introduction of them earlier in the game there's no hint that they exist they just show up no and they don't really fit the game either they're like clearly a a power ranger super sentai knockoff weird thing and it's like really out of place the, yeah, the battle it sucks i mean there's a way like like i said i think i i found that um I think I could beat the the pink one first because she would heal. She's kind of like a peach almost. And yeah. then there was like one of the one of either like the yellow or the blue one or green one or something like that. one of the different colors was like kind of weak. So I would take that one out and then like kind of work my way to the middle to get to the red one. Yeah, I just I don't remember how I beat. Him. I know the red one was the last one you had to beat. He was a strong one. Yeah, yeah. One of them was really one of them had like really strong um special attacks and one did a bunch of status shit and like i'd try to make sure that those guys were out of the way and Ugh. yeah and no it um I, I can't remember off the top of my head normally it's when i fight them i i know what's going on but uh no the uh the red one was uh the last one i would always attack i know that because you said like or sorry no, yeah, the red one was the last one. The pink one was the first because of the uh, healing thing. You always take yeah. out the healer first. Oh, yeah. Focus on that, and then everything else falls together. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, and the red one, he used vigor up, so he just made people stronger. So, 
I mean, it sucked, yeah, but at the same time, you could just, uh, you could just let him live long enough. Right. Anyway, so that fight happens. You know, we have varying opinions on the Axum Rangers. Sam, you don't like them. Me, I think they're underutilized. Love to hear what other people think. So, uh, you know, if you ever want to, you can. Which yeah, I let think... us know. Let us know how much the Axum Rangers suck. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll give you the social medias at the end of the episode here. I forgot to write them in at the beginning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or maybe I'll just uh, I'll cut them in. Who knows? You'll get them at some point, maybe once, maybe twice. Maybe I'll just forget altogether. <laughs> don't know. It's going to be a surprise. Just yeah. like the next part of the game. So after you get the six star, you head back to Nimbus. The king gives you the royal bus to get the Bowser's Keep, which is the only way to get the Bowser's Keep. And this is where you're going to fight Smithy. So you get on t- uh, you go to the keep there and you go through the normal uh, route you did at the beginning of the game. You do go on the chandeliers again, but instead of going down, you go up the top of the castle. Mm-hmm. And from there, you fight the sword, which you thought was Smithy. It really, I honest to God, thought that was Smithy until I fought it. I did too. Uh, I was like, yeah, here we go. And I'm fighting this weird fucking sword and I can be done. Because yeah, I was like... There was at this point, there were like two or three things in a row besides Valentina's boobs that really irritated me. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm ready to be done at this point. It was it's a cool game, but, you know, not not my cup of tea at this point. And I was like, yes, I'll fight this sword and be done. Sword's but, name is Exor. Yes. It is not Smithy. No. So <laughs> you you fight the sword, you beat up the sword. It was a great battle. It was everything was fun. He has two eyes and a mouth you can aim at and you take out the eyes and that prevents him from uh hitting you hard and you take out the mouth and eventually when the fight's over, he inhales you into Smithy's factory, like a different dimension almost. Yeah. yeah. And here you fight all not all, but you fight um smorgasbord of enemies you fought before like the axum rangers are being built but they're weaker uh yeah some of the boss characters yardovich Bo- uh, boyer all those guys they're in the factory being built and you yeah fight I actually, them throughout i actually thought that was cool it was like uh it was like going inside behind the game and like like all the all the different weird enemies were on little assembly lines and were just like kind of grayed out versions of the the colorful ones that you saw up top yeah and it was a great way to just uh kind of go through again i avoided a lot of the fights as many as i could in this one uh this part of the uh, game because i was already pretty much as high as i needed to be to finish it so i didn't want to fight them all over again if i could avoid them i did yeah and is this um wait, we didn't talk about the the like six doors, um, did we? Oh shit, yeah, you're right. Um does, does that happen before Xor? No, it happened. Oh yeah, you're right. It does happen before Xor. I do have it in my notes here. I just uh Yeah, because I did want to talk about these because these Okay, were... let's go back here and talk yeah. about the six puzzle doors because I screwed up. So you're back in uh Bowser's keep for this one. So as you're yeah. running through, you end up at a spot with six doors you have to go through and you have to beat four out of the six to carry on. Right. Um, I think Take I ended up, I, I picked the battle rooms cause I was like, those are those I know I can do for sure. And then yeah, like, plus you get experience points. Right. Yeah. And, uh, the platforming sucked. Oh yeah. 
and the quizzes also kind of sucked. Um, I mean, I, I played this game in chunks for a while and like, just like, you know, like what's this random fucker's name? It's like, I don't know. Like <laughs> who cares? Like you need hell? to learn the whole game. I told you. Yeah. It, like I, I do pay attention throughout a game, but like not to the point where you could give me a fucking quiz at the end and I would know who's how many flowers were in the flower garden in Rosetown. Yes. It wasn't that one of the questions. I was like, Fuck, uh, I don't I think know. it was that specific, but yeah, there were some convoluted ones. There were some weird ones. And it's like you um, you're supposed to get up to a certain level, like you're on a platform. And as you answer questions correctly, the, the platform raises one tick but if you get one wrong it goes down two so yeah. i'd start to get flustered like i'd get one wrong and be like oh fuck and then i get the next one wrong it's like i'm back at the bottom and i was just like mashing a to get through it because it's like i know i'm not gonna answer a bunch in a row and get up so yeah and you can't even remember where the answer is in the order of it so if you see the question again you can't just remember one two three or four because it'll randomize where the answers show up no, they, they mix it up and they throw new questions in. And stuff, well, I know so. they throw new questions yeah. in, but if you get the same question two times in a row, like uh, if you go back in the door a second time, you get that same question again, the answers will oh. be in a different order. Right. Yeah, that didn't bother me too much. It was just like, well, I kind of remembered what I guessed. The, like I have enough of a memory that I could remember like, oh, I guessed that last time and it was wrong. So I got to pick something else. But like. And then once you get past the quiz part, there were other like brain puzzles like throughout where you had to like, I don't know, like eliminate these things by, you know, oh gosh, oh, like counting the barrels, like you had to count the barrels on the 3D plane. Yes, they were like, oh. um, they were, yeah, they were like brain teasers and I, I wasn't prepared for one. What's that? I didn't mind the barrel counting one. That one I actually found pretty easy. Oh. Yeah, it was just, yeah, I, I, like I said, like the quizzes were shitty, but then once you got past the quiz part, like I thought I found the little brain teasers kind of fun. Yeah. And the uh, thing about these four doors is the quizzes give you rock salt or something at the end of them, but the two platformings give you Bowser's and Gino's best weapon of the game and the two I say platforming. No, platforming gives you Peach and um, Mallow's best weapons, and then the battle rooms give you Bowser's and Gino's best weapons. Yes, so, I got. Um, I think I got Bowser's best weapon out of this one. Yeah, Bowser and Gino because you did the two battle rooms. platforming. Oh rooms. yeah, but at this point, I wasn't. I didn't have Gino in my party anymore. As oh okay, yeah. Part. But uh, yeah, I skipped the platforming rooms. I mean, Mallow was never going to be used anyways. He's just sitting the bench. Yeah. Whole time. Fucking All right. So, um, on the bench, Mallow. Anything else you, uh, want to mention for these things before we jump back forward to where we oh, were? Yeah. No, I just wanted to make sure we, we, no, you were absolutely that a, correct. That, that was, was big, an oversight on my part. That was a big part of the game. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but, um, yeah. So after you do that, you do fight the battle on the chandelier, then fight Exor. And now you're inside of Smithy's factory. So, Sorry for yada yada yadding over those six doors, which is probably one of the better parts of the game. But uh, now you in Smithy's factory, uh, you have a boss fight, which is a giant clock. I liked him. He uh, his face would change to a different time, and it would be a different uh, effect or attack or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, all these different like mini bosses in, in Smithy's factory were pretty cool. 
Yeah, and then second mini boss you fight is Cloaker and Domino. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're just stacked up on top of each other. Take out one, then take out the other. Yeah. Uh, No problems with that. But then you get to the factory interior and you have four boss or mini boss fights left. And they're mini boss fights in the sense that they are actually uh, normal fights with a stronger enemy. So it's not like you're actually having a boss fight here. So you fight the clerk, manager, the director, and then finally the factory chief. Yep. I like how they're like running it up the chain and like, yeah. oh, like you beat them. It's like, oh, I got to go tell the manager. I got to go tell the director. And yeah, that was a nice little touch. But when you uh, beat all of them, you finally get a chance to save and a final chance to buy some stuff because you're on to the fight with Smithy. Yep. And you just did the fight with Smithy. Why don't you talk about it for a bit? Yeah, like the first one's pretty like you fight him twice. That's standard RPG. Yeah, it's just pretty strand. Yeah, pretty standard RPG fare. Um, the first fight is is um, you know, I kind of figured out the pattern pretty quick where you know you've got Smithy who's who can attack you obviously, and then there's uh like a weird little like um I don't know what do you call that thing? It's like a it's like a smelter, like a forge or whatever, where it like pours the molten, uh, like lead or iron or whatever, and then Smithy can like turn it into little sniffets. I think you had so, a forge. Yeah, forge or whatever. You can attack the forge. So I was like, well, I don't want. The first time I think I, the first time I either lost or was like, oh no, I fucked this up because like I I realized my mistake was, the forge will pour, the molten metal out and then smithy will make little sniffets but it'll like do it every like third or fourth turn and i think i let it get way too far ahead where there are like three or four sniffets and smithy (laughs) out there and i was like nope this is this is not what i'm intended to do (laughs) i'm supposed to stay on top of this like forge and and kill these little sniffets so basically like it's it's weird but ignore smithy and just fight this forge when you can and then as soon as it spits out you know, metal to make a sniff it, then you have to focus on that sniff it until it's gone and then yeah. go back to the forge until it's done. And then you focus all of your attack on Smithy. Yeah. And that, just then a, it becomes pretty easy. It's a time consuming thing, but it's not a impossible fight. But uh, so you've, you've beaten this Smithy and then what does he do? He smashes the floor and you fall down and you're at the, uh, the second iteration of Smithy or the final form of him. Right. And I'll let you uh, talk about this one again. Oh man, <laughs> I just, I beat my head against this fucking boss for, I don't know how many, and then this is another one where like you save before you go into the first Smithy and then you go through and get worked over by the second one. So obviously, you know, playing this in its original version with no save states to save time and all that kind of stuff, you lose, you're going back to the bottom and working your way back up. Um, luckily the nice thing is, um, I think you get like a full heal and full um, flower restore after you fall through the floor for the, for the first Smithy, like it kind of recharges you so that it's a fresh battle. Right. Um, This was kind of, this kind of threw me for a loop because Smithy like turns into this ugly, weird skull thing. And he's got the Smith hammer and he's got like a gun glove kind of like Gino has. And he can smack himself with his forge hammer and like change the shape of his head. And it, and then it has different powers. There's like three or four different phases that he has. But 
I was thrown by the fact that you could attack this, the bottom half of him, which comprised of the hammer and the, the little gun. But all that really does is like temporarily disable it from attacking. It can still transform and shit. And then you're still not really attacking the meat of the, the enemy, which is the top portion that's shape shifting. But the so bottom that's does give you some problems though. If you don't uh, like stop it and I would always yeah. use um, mute or sleep. I can't remember which one, but use peach and one of her uh, disabling spells will actually stop it from attacking for about four or five turns. Yeah. And it lets you focus on the head. If you can, but I was also like, usually needed Peach to like run a healing spell and was like, not, you know, it's like you're, you're in that like situation. You're making that choice between, you know, I know I need to use my healing spell or else like party members are going to faint if they get hit again. Or I can try to like, hopefully successfully use the spell to disable the bottom half. Well, and I was see, just my like, strategy was yeah. Peach was always on heal first and then disable when she had a chance. Yeah. But if I was running low on flower points, either Mario or Bowser would be the one who would actually use a flower pot or uh, sorry, honey jar or something to replenish my flower points. Oh yeah. No, Peach was never replenishing the honey pot or whatever, unless she didn't have anything else to do for the turn. Yeah, but I was rarely attacking with her, too. But the I think the thing that like really screwed me up a few times was like I kept it is kind of a luck of the draw, too, because the, of these four phases, he's got like a one that turns into a tank um, and he does have like a one hit kill attack called Magnum. That really fucking sucks. Yeah, um, but at least so it's only on one character at a time. Yes. Oh, my God. But there's a, there's the tank. There is the like a weird uh like iron coffin type looking thing um and then there's a a question box like just kind of like the treasure box that you see throughout the game and it does like a random status effect thing and then there's this fucking ghost and that's the one that really screwed me over because you can do a lot of damage against this ghost. It's the weakest of all his forms. So like you'll hit him with Bowser for like 300 damage each time. But he also does these like crazy attacks that will hit your whole party for like a good amount of damage. And if Peach isn't like up next to do a group hug, you can be in kind of a tight spot. And so there were points where I would have the ghost and like kind of get through it and be like, oh shit, I hope he turns into like the you know, the little like iron box or whatever next yeah. so that I don't have to worry about so much attack. And then he would like hit the Smith hammer and turn back into the ghost again. It's like, well, fuck, I got to go through <laughs> this again. And like, I'm already kind of like, now I'm like behind the rhythm of, you know, attack and heal and stuff like that. And, and that's where like, and there was, there were a couple points where for some reason it attacked twice in a row. And so it did like, whatever the like meteor attack was that hit everyone for like over a hundred damage and then did like the fucking knife attack or whatever that hit everyone for like 85. And like my whole, there were a couple points where my entire party just all died at once hmm. from the, from the ghost like form of Smithy. And the time yeah. that I actually did beat him, I got, I was like, I stopped and I did some other shit cause I was getting really upset with it and then came back and was like, I'm not even going to worry about this bottom half. I'm just going to focus on healing when I'm peach and I'm just going to attack the shit out of this top half and not give a 
flying fuck about anything else that's happening. And I think I just got luck of the draw and didn't end up facing that ghost all that often. And the battle took a long time, but I eventually just beat it. Yeah. And, it's, and it it's was so, like one. Yeah. No, I'm just going to say that uh, the head change is very random. So you can kind of get the luck of the draw. And I get what you're saying. It gets frustratingly you get put back on your heat. Oh, excuse me. They're hiccuped. Uh, it gets frustrating when you get put back on your uh, heels there and you have, you're constantly trying to catch up to with your healing and reviving characters. Yeah, especially when it's like you hear that like that dun, dun, or whatever he's like smithing his head and it's like he just turns himself back into the same fucking shit he just was and then just destroys you. It's like, fuck's sake. <laughs> so like when I got lucky with it, excuse me, got luck of the draw. It was like he was turning himself into that like iron box like a bunch of times in a row or he would yeah. turn into the or you turn into the question mark box and turn everyone into scarecrows. And like we mentioned before, like you can still use specials as scarecrows. So which is at least a nice thing there. But yeah, uh, did you ever find the ribbon? I'm pretty sure it's like uh, an accessory you find just along your journey there. I might have, but I don't. I don't think I knew what it was. Uh, that, a ribbon was in a point... square game always prevents status ailments. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice touch too, because that's the same as like um, Final Fantasy. Final, Final, yeah, Final Fantasy. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. Yeah. For fuck's sake. So you finally beat him. It was a glorious moment there. You sent me a text at like ten at night. I was already a uh, bunk run down <laughs> for bed, and it was a convoluted one because I wasn't sure if you were angry because he lost again or if you were happy you beat him. So I had to clarify because I couldn't fall asleep without knowing. Yeah, what what did I say? It was. <laughs> let oh, me look some, it up real quick. Oh yeah, just some uh, like all caps text with "fuck Smithy." Yeah, or no, you didn't even say yeah. I just "fuck Smithy," "fuck him" in right in the head yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I was like "fuck you, Smithy," you fucking biatch. <laughs> yeah, except for. It didn't come off that way at first. I, was, I thought you were angry. It's like, oh, you're just giving up on the game now. But no, <laughs> no, you know, you no, beat the game. Good. So congratulations. Uh, I'm pushing to beat Fantasy Star so that you know I can meet your uh, standards that you've met mine. So yeah. Uh, then you sure get you the end the game. One thing I like about Square games, and I'm pretty sure I could say the same about uh, uh, Nintendo games. You get satisfying endings. It's not just like a yeah. block of text, like, oh, congratulations, the world is saved and roll credits. Yeah. There's a big parade and in the remake, they oh, just a beautiful touch. They did I they did the parade, I think, in the um original 16-bit style, and then halfway through they switched over to the new style or vice versa. Pretty sure the way I originally described it. And it was really nice. And I'm not gonna get really big into the ending there because it's something you gotta experience. Uh, long story short, fantastic ending, lasted the right amount of time, roll credits, game over, Sam never has to play it again. No, I'll play it again. Not the original version, but I'll play the remake. I'm, I'm actually oh, yeah, the remake's better. Well, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. I like how the original looks, but I kind of like some of the uh, quality of life changes in the remake. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, being able to switch party members out um, affects oh, it's some a of the battle changer. dynamic. Yeah, like I'll love to be able to just like swap out, like probably have Peach and uh, and Gino be the ones that I like swap the most, probably just well, get, get say, Gino back in there for some extra oomph and then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will say one thing about the uh, remake is. Oh, excuse me, hiccuped again. I did not have any problems with any bosses in the remake. I found it almost too easy. 
yeah i'll have to see like maybe we can like revisit this uh at some point like when i'm done playing it and and we can i can let you know like yeah oh, we'll no, throw it in an waiting. episode there we'll throw a little uh quick uh blurb about it yeah because i mean we're already over two hours on this episode <laughs> minus my five attempts at the uh intro oh yeah i guess so some of those would be shaved off so maybe it'll be yeah maybe the episode be, will only be like be 45 minutes <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, before we wrap things up, I'll just get into some of the secrets and tips in this game. And um, there's a couple in this uh, to make the game a little bit easier. You can build levels easily if you find a save point near a star box, or you know where you hit the box, you get a star, and you just wipe out the enemies around you. Oh shit! After you do that, and you get all the experience points, if you die in the next fight, you go back to that save box with all that experience, and you can repeat the process and level yourself up. Really? Yes, it is a cheap way to uh, play the game. But if you're having a problem, it's probably a good way to, uh, you know, level up a little bit in a very quick fashion. Damn, that's a good one. Um, uh, other things in the game. Mario's ultimate weapon. We told you about the uh, the seed that you get from uh, the flower in the bean uh, bean valley. There, you also have to find fertilizer, which can be found in a hidden path up in the Nimbus uh, Kingdom clouds. You walk to the right side, and the path is actually you keep walking off the right side, and you find a shy guy there, or the shy guy that was feeding water to the uh, fire flower. He gives you the fertilizer, and then you go back to Rose Town, and there's a house in the back. And you give that stuff to the guy and he sits there and freaks out for a little bit. Then he puts it in a pot and it grows a beanstalk. You climb up top and you get the lazy shell weapon and the lazy shell armor. I don't remember about the original, but in the remake, the lazy shell armor, I put it on Peach and no enemy could hit her for more than one damage. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. And then the lazy shell weapon for Mario is his ultimate weapon. So it's like the gigantic shell. Whoa. So you kick it up, and yeah, it does massive amounts of damage if you get the timing right. Um, other thing, there's a Link cameo and a Samus cameo in this game. Um, when you wake up in Rose Town, Link will be in the bed beside you. You can go talk to him, and he'll give you the classic Link. Dee -dee 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 -dee. Oh, that's awesome. I, and, didn't, I did not find any of this stuff. <laughs> oh, you didn't? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so after Star Hill, but... You know, before you go to Nimbus Land, yeah. uh, you'll find the wake-up pin uh, along your route. If you go back to that area, Samus will actually be in that area. Oh, that's cool. Uh, if you find Great Guy's Casino, uh, you have to beat uh, him at a game called Look the Other Way a hundred times. If you do, you get something called the Star Egg. The Star Egg does a hundred damage to all enemies and is reusable. It's an item. Cool. So, you Jeez. know, it's a... Uh, powerful item it could just wipe off and most enemies early on well i guess not early on later enemies but early enemies will wipe out in one attack um toadstool's question mark question mark question mark question mark can be found in her chambers if you look at the right side of the fireplace i suspect it's a dildo but uh, if you talk to or if you find it before peach you get peach in your party there you get a mushroom from the chambermaid if you find it with peach in the uh, party she just tells you not to look for her dildo <laughs> it's implied but it's not explicitly said or it's like i'm sure it's a little bit more uh innocent than that it's probably just like don't look at her panties or whatever yeah it's well if it's hidden behind like a wall in the fireplace i mean it's not the panties did you um oh yeah i guess if it's really hidden 
Um, I don't see it here, but did you fight uh, Culex? Um, not on this playthrough. I fought him like a long time ago. And I don't really yeah. want to get into like the special fight with him, but he's like just an overpowered boss. It's just funny. Like I'm looking at a screenshot of like it from the original, like the, the Super Nintendo version, not the remake. And it's just like this like 2D sprite, like Final Fantasy ass boss, like <laughs> in the middle of a of like Super Mario RPG. It's just it's fun. It's like a fun little. Oh, it's a good homage to like the square side of things. Yeah. And then they just put this fucking weird ass demon in the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's a big fetch quest or whatever to get it. I think like it's yeah, you got to get the fireworks, well. I think. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see, it's looking at. Yeah. OK, you go to Moville, you purchase a fireworks. Now trade the fireworks at a little moles per 10 store for the shiny stone. Then you use the stone on the sealed door in Monstro Town. You end up in a battle with Kulix. Nice, and then you probably get your fucking ass kicked. But uh, it depends. I was talking to uh, Danny and said that he had no problem with them in the remake. So again, quality of life changes kind of makes the game a bit easier, I guess. Yeah. But... Um. There's the three ghosts. You're in Monstro Town. You go to bed. The three ghosts hide the notes behind three different places. Uh, one's in Rose Town. One's at the goal line of the Yoshi races, and I can't remember off the top of my head where the third one is uh it's not going to come back to me in time but when you do that they give you an item uh the ghost pin and i can't remember what the ghost pin does probably but, something awesome oh <laughs> we'll see i have a little uh wiki open here ghost metal um raises the defense while attacking oh that's pretty nice i guess i mean there's better yeah, stuff like out there yeah, like I guess if you've selected attack, then your then your uh, defense goes up for like whatever that turn. That would be awesome if that's really what that means. Well, I guess. Well, either way, uh, I never used it, so yeah, it is what it is. But there's a couple of other secrets there, and again, I'm not here to ruin the game for anybody. So I'll let if you want to look up the secrets, you can. I mean, it's definitely worth trying to do everything in this game my opinion yeah for like a relatively short it's not that short of a game but i mean for a relatively short game, 10 to 12 hours it's short for an rpg yeah and like a relatively small kind of compact linear world there's a lot of little fun secrets and shit in here oh yeah there's definitely a lot to do in this game and i like the fact that the story keeps good pacing like there's no real dull moment in the story and yeah. some games, they pad their timing by putting in a lot of just filler and fluff that doesn't actually, you know, enhance the story or add anything to the story. So this game was really yeah. nice that it just kept it nice and tight. Yeah, it, it really was. All right. So ready to wrap this up and score this? Yeah. Because, you know, it's uh, it's been over two hours now yeah, and it's, it's past it's... 10 p.m. again. So I'm uh, getting a little bit tired. This is a big one. Yeah, this, this big episode ten, big meaty episode ten for all you fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so all the audience that made it to this point, thank you for listening. Uh, yeah, we apologize for Sam you. calling you fuckers. <laughs> all right, so what are you going to give this game, Sam? Um, out of ten, in in its original form, like how I played it, um, I'm going to give it an eight. 
but we're going to put an asterisk on that. And I recognize the brilliance. It's just, I recognize that it's maybe not my hundred percent, my cup of tea, but I would, um, I would like to play the remake and maybe that would enhance my overall, my score of the work overall. Very interesting. So you're giving it an eight. Um, I've already given it a 9.5 once in the last month. So I'm going to stick, uh, stay true to that. And I'm going to give it a 9.5 again. Yeah. So it's, um, it's not a perfect game, but for me, it's just fun enough that you can, can play it over and over and over again. And got a lot of childhood memories on this one. So I, I have nothing really bad to say about it. No. In case you haven't noticed yet. So with your eight, my 9.5, we go to the tier list here. Um, I'm calling this an S tier game, but I'm biased. So uh, you, you can have the final word on this. Personally, I'd probably give it an A tier. Or, um, You're dead to me. Just because it's, you know, I, I reckon, but I, I will put it in the S tier because I, I recognize that this is a, a landmark game. It really like this is the game that made um, like if, if we want to be in agreement and have one tier list, let's throw it in the S tier because it really if we don't have this game to kind of pave the way, we don't have uh, Paper Mario, which. Uh, borrows a lot of the mechanics from this game. Like if you play yeah. both, then then it's like wow. Like like Paper Mario, at least on the sixty four Paper Mario, at least like really is the spiritual successor of this game. Like oh yeah, absolutely. The the Mario Luigi Superstar Saga on the Game Boy Advance, which I've yet to play. I really want to play that, but um, yeah, I I don't know if uh, Nintendo ever would have made a Paper Mario without uh, Super Mario RPG, but no. Yeah, because this is kind of the game that dipped their toe into the waters of RPGs, and then Paper yes. Mario was their kind of, like you said, successors to this without Square. Yeah, like the Super Mario RPG is what happens when Nintendo and Square make an RPG, and then Paper Mario is what happens when I think that's an intelligent systems game, kind of like Fire Emblem and um, what's the fucking. Uh, the the battle or the 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 thing that just came out with the advanced <laughs> I'm gonna wars. let you steal advanced wars one. my god you're just gonna, yeah <laughs> well you don't know what i'm thinking but it's like you're just gonna let me flounder no oh, like yeah. advanced wars like the those those type of like you know they make very high quality games i think too and so like that that lineage is there and it's just like yeah. the partnership changed but the but the spirit of the game is still very alive i think those both both of those games i think are are more tied together than people probably realize oh absolutely all right so uh before i wrap things up i'm just going to go over the social media if you want to weigh in on anything we've talked about you can find us at twitter and i'm I'm done calling it x you can find us at twitter at retrotopia pod and there you can yell at us you can tell sam he's pretty today you can tell me i'm a horrible person it doesn't matter we're on twitter or you can email us and make it more personal at retrotopiapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can join our Discord, which will a link will be in the description of this podcast. And please join our uh, Discord. We got a, a bunch of people in there, and it's great conversations going on. Join our Discord. Uh, you can join in on the fun, and you can suggest uh, games in there as well. And we've been pinning them, and we've been trying to add some of them to our uh, upcoming episodes. So if you want to suggest a game, that's a great way to do it. 
other than that, Spotify podcast lets you post a comment at the bottom. So there's another way you can you know, kind of yell at us if you really want to. But that does it for episode 10. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, next week, we're going to be discussing the classic helicopter games. That's two games for the price of one that were both on the Genesis and the Super Nintendo. That's Desert Strike and Jungle Strike. So next yeah. time, yes, until next time, keep on playing. Thank you.